All right. Welcome back, man. Um, is this your third time on? Yes. So we did uh, our first podcast together, and then I, we did a little clip on like gun control. Yeah. I was on last time. It was like a week after. I think it was uh, Google or YouTube said they were... Yes. limiting certain things we were like we weren't sure what the new rules were so it's we, really gone it's really accelerated after that honestly to mm-hmm. be uh, from uh, where we talked about it that day i mean the number of people that have been deplatformed and and i mean for lack of a better way of describing it censored yeah uh by these places like youtube google etc but uh the, yeah so that's still such a, a discussion. Uh, somebody was uh, I was listening to yesterday was saying that data, mm-hmm. individuals' data, and I haven't verified this. So they're saying it just surpassed like oil, and how valuable it is. Like for companies, it's a trillion dollar. In, that that me trying to figure out what you like, mm-hmm. and then so like Brooks was saying this at the wedding yesterday. I think that's where I saw that I heard this, but she said that she'll like our stuff mm-hmm. on our page. And then next thing, even though she doesn't do any MMA, doesn't train martial arts or anything, she likes our page, likes our stuff. And the next thing you know, Facebook's like, uh, hey, this girl likes fighting. <laughs> and they start, yeah. like, just the other day, Colby was over. I don't think you have to like to have, I have a story about that. that oh, just you don't? Happened. Yeah. I was, is it, is it related to the microphone? Oh, no, it's related to uh, shopping and then the Facebook algorithm. Oh, that happens all. But if I look yeah. at something on Reverb, I'm getting Reverb ads yeah. for the same stuff I was looking for. But here's another thing. like Colby and I were in here the other night watching uh, Roland, the older Asian martial arts master that's mm-hmm. been coming in, yeah. working with me. He um, has been teaching me this Yip Man form on the Wing Chun dummy, and... It's like 108 moves long, and I was showing Colby the form mm-hmm. and talking about Yip Man and Kung Fu and stuff like that <laughs> around Colby's phone, and Colby was asking questions. Colby doesn't re- search for your Kung Fu on his phone, doesn't watch the Yip Man, nothing, none of that. He has no knowledge of Kung Fu or Yip Man. <laughs> but, and there it is. But there it was on his phone. He's getting served Kung Fu videos left and right, and I, I don't think there's any... Uh, new Ip Man movies or anything coming out right now, are there? Not that I'm aware of. So it's just a little too... Yeah, it's creepy. No, we we went mattress shopping. We needed a new mattress desperately. So we were looking around town. Now, we never checked in. We never said, hey, we're looking at... We went to local places, and we found some good stuff that we liked. Um, And I think about two weeks ago, so we started looking around. You got to test stuff out. Welcome to Middle Age. Um, uh, yeah, I just got a mattress somewhat recently too, I, and you do. You have, oh, yes. you have to lay them. Oh, yes, this is a medical necessity now. But we get home, and we've we've got it narrowed down to two, and you know, awesome. Um, within like twenty four hours, uh, my wife gets. You know, you start seeing the banner ads. She gets one direct from the manufacturer, not from the local people. Yeah. So she checks it out, like actually checks it out. And direct from the manufacturer was half the price of the local. That's and, and discouraging beca- for local business. Yeah, that becomes it becomes. This was a huge difference in price. You know, I try and support local. You know, when you're talking about a five dollar difference, it's one thing, but this was four hundred dollars of difference. You know, I can pay. I think it was seven ninety nine locally, and I think mm. we paid three eighty nine 
That's including shipping handling to the door. That's nice, man. But, you, yeah. It, but here's the funny part. It arrived yesterday, or it arrived Friday. And now I am seeing I got a another banner ad for Purple. I got another. There's an avocado mattress, apparently, which is certified organic. But it's like, I'm not checking in. I didn't even mention on social media that I have a new mattress. And it's become, you know, I, I say the the algorithms of the world are taking over. Yes, that's a great yeah. way to put it, honestly. Um, and it's, man, it's it's been interesting for me to think about because 10 years down the road on this, because mm-hmm. two, like uh, the last election, for example, yeah, presidential election with all the stuff that was going on with social media, misinformation, manipulations, <laughs> algorithms uh, being oh, yeah. manipulated to, I mean, more and more is coming out all the time, honestly, oh, yeah. um, about how the methods of how they were used and Cambridge Analytica and all that and Facebook having to pay that, what was it, a $5 billion fine somewhat recently? I think, yeah, in Europe. Yeah. Because they have a whole different set of rules. Mm. I didn't so, hear that was in Europe. I just, uh, yeah. just the company overall. But I mean, Micro- yeah, yeah. I Microsoft, mean, Facebook, and Google have had, um, you know, you've got antitrust laws, you know, being a monopoly, stuff like that. It, <laughs> they're more stringent and require more transparency in a lot of European countries. Yeah. So you get these, you know, that's where you see there's a second side to a lot of this as well. You know, but it's like, you know, your grocery store is run by algorithm. They look at everything that's bought that goes through Kroger. What's selling great? What's not? Okay, that's going to get dumped. Yeah. You know? So, Never-ending process. Oh, no. It's like... Um, you can see it with Amazon. You know, what are people watching? What are people buying? You know, suggested for you. Man, I wonder how much of this charge that Amazon is leading because... Uh, I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay any taxes last year or this year, whenever it was. Um, and... Dude, I buy almost everything off Amazon. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, Amazon or just online in general. And it's just like, it's it's oftentimes because of what you described at the beginning. And man, owning a small local business, that's, that's disheartening for me because I want to support local business. But like, and I will, I will say this, I will even pay more to a local business within reason. But all the There's other the- things have to be in the line. You know? Oh, yeah. That's the magic. Um, oh, I do this all the time. Uh, you know, I got my Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt on. Oh, I just, dude, I just thought that was a Dunkin' Donuts t-shirt. Yeah. Dude, I just now <laughs> noticed that we were at the gym earlier and everything. Yeah. But uh, each of the books is probably 35 to $50 if you go through either a local game store um, or, like, I've gone through the local bookstore. But if you go to Amazon, you can get them for twenty two, twenty five. And mm-hmm. but I've made a conscious choice. I'd rather support those local businesses. Um, for like you know, fifteen dollars is not to me not that big a deal. But that's where the mattress thing is. Like I basically halved the price and I got it to my front door. That you know, you save four hundred dollars. I hate it for the local business, but there's that's a lot. Should, you know, yeah, you're, they you're within reasons that key idea. Yeah, they should be addressing that. Like, 
I mean, I just try and empathize because it's like, uh, well, I mean, think about a few years ago in the martial arts business when it was such a taboo <laughs> thing to to offer martial arts online and stuff like that. Like people were doing like, send us the oh. tapes, you were gonna offer your belt this way. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, I'm all about like, I mean, honestly, if like if if Dring said to me like, hey, dude, once a month we're doing a private lesson on Skype, you need to have a partner there. That's part of this. I would do it, mm-hmm. but. It's when that's all that's going on to continue rank. When it's not like, I mean, I see that dude so many times a year. He comes to me. I go to him. Private lessons, seminars, training with all the other people, too, outside of just that. It's, I think, when it's just the online exchange. But, man, maybe is uh, I wonder how much of our economy is headed in that direction. You know what I'm saying? To where it's like... Uh, in Northwest Arkansas yesterday, I drove by this Walmart grocery pickup site. Massive. I remember when they were just building. I remember when that was becoming oh, yeah. a thing because Bentonville was kind of the tester market I for a lot of those things. I think I know which one you're talking about because there's no storefront. Yes, yes. It's it, off like exit 85, I think. It's the it's the one before the Inferno when you get to Bentonville. Yeah, I know when I was up for Black Belt Camp, I drove around and I joked, you see every variation of Walmart. Oh yeah, yeah. There's You've even the, the Walmart gas station up there. Exactly. Or convenience like we, store. You know, woohoo! We have two different versions. You we know, got we, the neighborhood market. And remember when there were no super centers? I mean, yeah, I remember because uh, I'm old enough to remember when Walmart expanded expanded into Pennsylvania. Because literally, wow. yeah, they I was built, about to ask that. They built one of their first northeast distribution centers, not two miles from my high school, and it, I mean it's huge. They're you know. Every distribution center is large, but it was like, um, yeah, Walmart wasn't everywhere in like the late 80s. Was that good for you guys' economy? Because the distribution center around here provides a lot of jobs and they pay more than stereotypical. I think so in general. I I realize um, every summer we do this huge road trip to go see family back in Pennsylvania vacation. And I think this year we drove, we figured the math out, like, you know, close to 3,000 miles. Um, but one of the things you notice is when you're driving on the highway, you will see more and more distribution centers and they're strategically located at like crossroads. Like you get to a certain spot. Like I saw dollar general distribution centers, target distribution centers, saw one of those sadder ones, GameStop distribution centers where all your used game, but, but it's a massive warehouse, but they're all strategically located. There are, you know, I would say if you draw a circle within 10 miles of major highway intersections where they come together, there's a good chance you're going to have a distribution center somewhere nearby. You know, you're going to, we want easy on, easy off highway access. Like I remember I drove to Chicago, I think two years ago and, and stuff. And there's a certain spots when you get to major crossroads of interstate highways where you're, there is going to be a lot of distribution centers. Um, my town where I grew up had lots and lots of shopping in general. I don't think Walmart did much to it, but I think the internet really, really hurt the town more than Walmart. Um, just because, you know, there was all kinds of shops. Like, if you want, uh, you watch Stranger Things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Season three was in the mall. And that was, I had like, it was great sort of flashbacks to... You know, it's 1987, we're getting dropped off at the ball, we're going to go walk around, and you see, like, you know, the Chess King, the Orange Julius, all those places like that. Um, and that was really what my hometown of Reading, Pennsylvania was known for. It was an outland shopping town, and it, I'd say about the millennia, once you start getting online retail, and 
probably more Amazon did it in than um, I would say Walmart. You know, when you're starting to be able to get these things online for the best price, delivered to your front door, um, you know, brick and mortar, you know, always say brick and mortar shopping has gone downhill. And you start thinking about, well, see, what places do you remember closing? You know, did you ever shop at a Circuit City? I remember them closing. Okay. Yeah, I do. I mean, well, you I mean, one from my childhood, uh, Toys R Us. I'm sure from your childhood, too. They Toys just R recently Us. went under. Yeah. Um, Babies R Us, which... Same company, different wings, but yeah. What else has gone out recently that you can think about? Well, I'm thinking like long, I'm years? thinking you know long term. I think every year you have... oh Sears, true. You know, yeah, yeah. Sears, well, yeah. There's two halves of Sears. Like there's these there's big Sears, um, which is also part of Kmart. You know, that's what we lost here in Russellville. Yes, but you also have like what they call them Sears hometown mm-hmm. stores or whatever. Like there's one still in Russellville, which. It was it was weird to me. As Sears was having trouble, they had signs up saying, "We are not part of this problem," because they're still in business. They still, you know, we've Kmart uh, went under a year ago or and closed up. Um, but they said they're still open. They still sell. Now they um, they're great for like home items. Like I think all my appliances are from there. Um, lawn and gear. They don't have the full store. But you've got a lot of good stuff still here. Um, what do you think about places like um, Dillard's, J.C. Penney's? Like, I think that's uh, I think those are goodies. Like here in our town, for example, I think those are the next wave of these retail stores that are going to go out. A lot of them have been struggling, and it depends on how fast they can integrate and make the online portion work too. Because what you may be when you order something from, um, if you go to J.C. Penney and order something from their website and they ship it to your store, you know, great. You know, they still may be able to. But if they, what happened to a lot of them is they either ignored or minimized the online shopping. They didn't think it was. Didn't oh, this take is, it seriously. Yeah. This is a fad. You know, Gary people, Vaynerchuk talks about that extensively. It's like uh, you missed the wave there, and mm-hmm. now you're going under. Yeah, and some of the what what gets me when you go to Amazon is you don't realize that some of these other retailers are actually selling through Amazon. Oh yeah, and it's like smart. It, yeah, I was looking around on sell ten percent of your soul to Amazon and keep your business open. They're uh, well. I mean, I was just on there the other day and. It's super easy to become a seller on Amazon to set up. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it, okay, so let's go with this. Like, uh, do you think that that is going to negatively impact places like eBay? For example, so, like, remember when eBay was, like, the shit? Like, when it oh, was... Oh, yeah. I mean, and look, I, I bought a couple things on eBay in the last 18 months, uh, particularly some widespread panic prints. <laughs> but... Um, None of these are in the other room. It's a whole wall of hand-drawn prints of the band do I have and in to, my office. Do I have to ask, does Cora know the presence of all of these? She's aware, yes. We've already <laughs> had thoughts about it. Um, but uh, Is this one of those, I bought three prints, is what you tell her, and you really bought six or seven? Yeah, it's a it's a forgiveness thing, not uh It's widespread permission. panic stuff. Yes. Yeah, she loves them. We're oh, seeing yeah. them five times in the next two weeks. So Five times in the next... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a three-night show coming up, um, and then there's a two-night show coming up. So. God, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, we're driving to one, flying to one. So one of them's the two-day we're flying to. And it's on... Uh, the holiday weekend, so that'd be nice. Sweet, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I think eBay was huge mm-hmm. uh, 10 years ago when I was a teenager, and it seems like, I mean, dude, I never go to eBay. Mm-hmm. I go to Amazon. You can buy used stuff at Amazon. They're auction or not yeah. auction style. And honestly, man, anytime I go to eBay, I ain't trying to. I don't have time to auction and like check the app on my phone every five seconds yeah. to see if, see if I got outbid or whatever. I want to buy it now. Mm-hmm. That's always the feature I looked at on eBay. I have bought some things with the the bidding, and that's I guess what separates the two platforms. But mm-hmm. man, for me in my mind, Amazon's totally replaced them. Yeah. I th- there's still, I think there's still some marketplaces that won't be touched. Like I think you get into like the Etsy crowd yeah. and things like you know Etsy's a lot more sort of arts crafts things of that nature. I don't think Amazon. There's no practical way for Amazon to sort of get in there to the Wayfair's same. Wayfair is big too. Have you you guys? I know I've checked it out. Cora is always on there, man. Well, it's you know furnishing stuff like that, but it, um, I think you're gonna get those little niche market you know spots that. For whatever reason, it's just too much. But the trouble that I find out is there's Amazon owns other stuff. That was one of the most. Yeah. Um, it's just like, like Coca-Cola or anything else. You, you start digging, you're like, you own all that, too? Yeah. Um, in my American government textbook, one of the best things they have is in the media chapter, they have the media ownership chart. And there's basically like six companies, multimedia everything, that owns like 90% of what consumers get. You know, like I've seen that breakdown. Like, oh, like Disney covers so many different things. You know, Disney owns part of, you know, they own Star Wars, Marvel, all the Disney properties. Oh, and they own ABC. Hey, oh, oh, and they own ESPN. Are you going to get the um, Disney Plus service? Oh, are you familiar with that? Of course. Dude, apparently it's already available. Somebody's telling me yesterday it was already available. I hadn't looked into it since they told me that, but I might. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like out for an, al- uh, an alpha or a beta test to start. Man, I'm trying it- to watch all sorts of Disney movies, dude. <laughs> like, like all the made-for-TV movies that came out every week when I was a kid, like Brink and Johnny Tsunami and shit. I'm yeah. all over that, dude. So it was like everybody else from my generation, like oh, uh, Mike Page's wife and I yesterday were talking. I was like dropping all these movies' names on my, and she's like, hell yeah. Well, I think just from convenience point, like uh, me, my kids, we are big into the Marvel Universe. We've, we go to see all the movies opening weekend. I avoid social media like the plague until I've seen it. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we get into is that it comes in and out of platforms. You know, yes, I hate that man. They launch on Netflix. Well, that's with everything. It goes. It'll be on Netflix for a while, then go away. Then it goes on to Hulu for a while and goes away. But if you know it's a Disney property, it's going into Disney Plus. It is staying there, and you're gonna have every Marvel movie that you would want yeah, for thirteen nice. bucks a month. Yeah, uh, Cora and I right now we cancel our HBO, but we are playing with. Um, you know anything about Sling TV? Yes, we cut the cord about two and a half years ago on Sling. Yeah, that's what we when we started. Basically, it was a package deal, um, that it was with Roku. You basically you you got you signed up for Sling TV for I think six or nine months. Um, you got the Roku box free, and then you could add apps and stuff like that. That's what we did. That and have never um, looked back. I think um, just because we realized with our schedule, we don't watch anything that's actually on live. I'm the same way, man, and like honestly, I'm probably going to cancel this sling after I finish watching all the episodes of Ancient Aliens. But 
Yeah. But there there are some series on there that I'm just binge watching, and yeah. um, we have like Nat Geo and stuff. I need, a, mm-hmm. I need to start TiVoing some things, but man, I'm about to cancel a whole bunch of stuff yeah. uh, and kind of di- redo, re- reconfigure, because man, I've seen the whole Game of Thrones franchise so many times. And I was so disgusted with season eight. Uh, dude, when I was showing uh, cave paintings uh-huh. in uh, my Civ 1 or it was Civ 1 class, I was like, I like went to this horse on the ceiling of a cave and I was like, and here we have season eight of Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, click, going to the next one. Yeah. So, but, but we've talked about this. I, I don't, uh, this is where. Like the Dungeons and Dragons community said, this is like you got a game going and somebody's moving away. And it's like, oh, quick, we have to finish this storyline up in the next two hours, you know? Because um, I was thinking about, I don't mind what the plot, where the plot went, but they, it was so it was quick. Hurried. Oh, it was like, you know, on Red Bull and cocaine, hurried. Like I was thinking about it, like one of the best character development arcs in the previous seasons was when uh, Jamie Lannister and Brienne Tarth were taken prisoner and escorted from the north down to King's Landing. Yes. You had an entire, I think it was season, where you got to watch them suffer, you got to watch them grow. You needed at least the descent of Daenerys into madness. You needed an entire season. If um, What we talked about is, it was there, but if you didn't catch one or two sentences... In a 70-minute episode, you completely lost... That was the case with Varys in the last season, like when they were putting him to death It was the case with everybody in the last season. Like, you could have probably done two more whole seasons, take the same plot points, but you had to show it. I want to see, instead of, you know, I think it's Jon Snow's landing back at um, the, the castle. Yeah, yeah. And, it's right, and it's right after um, Daenerys has lost her second dragon. And I forget who he's talking to as they're coming out of the boat, but he's like, yeah, she's been locked in her room for weeks, hasn't come out. And it's like, you could have shown this some other way. Um, you needed to show this some other way. Whereas if you miss that one or, you know, if you're like kind of casually watching, if you miss one or two sentences, you missed a huge, you know, development plot. It's like, oh, she's been suffering over this. But if you miss, you know. I know there's so many things they could have done differently. But yeah. But it just take longer, you know. Yeah, and I I hope that um, I guess they're talking about doing a lot of prequels and different things like that. Maybe there will be some redemption. I don't know, but season eight, this but, well, and it it's not season eight too. It's like man, the last couple of seasons, it's like it got so good, like up into season five, and then it just kind of yeah meandered. I, um, I think the tr- the. The books I've read them as well, so you know the five thousand page commitment. It in books and even in television show, there's a lot of plot lines going on. And the TV show, they took plot lines out. Yes. they completely skipped some. Lady of them. Stoneheart, for example. There you go. Um, but it becomes they need they had like one of the things I said is I don't uh, the Battle of Winterfell. That should have actually been the end of the previous season. Because you've got two major sort of, if you're the Starks and you're Winterfell, you've got sort of two major problems. You've got the Army of the Dead, and you've got, you know, Mad Queen Cersei. 
to start narrowing your showdown, you got to get rid of one of those. They could have. I, I agree with that. They could have started the last season with like, are you killing the Night King? Like, like where it looks like total despair, and then Arya kills Night King at the beginning of the next. And then they could have gone... Man, like, the fact that they were playing, and you remember, like, there's two seasons left, and they're like, well, you know, the last, the next season's only be seven episodes a season after that. So, like, we were hearing the reports on what the breakdown would be two years ahead of time. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if they had written everything out, but... See, here's the one thing I always wondered, is I'd never... Everybody's been, you know, Weiss and Benikoff blaming them. I would love to hear HBO. I would. I want to hear what HBO told them. You know, was there any back and forth? You know, we need you to wrap this up in one season. You know, if I were them, I would say we're ready to start the prequel. Or I want, yeah, I do. I wonder what the logic was. Yeah, I've got. You know, I would say if I were them, as sort of an artist, like I've got a plot. I've got two seasons. This first season, we're going to finish up the Night King. The second season, we're going to finish up King's Landing, and you sort of lay it out. But if the network says no. Because that's one thing. There's also I've always been fascinated by network interference. In I wonder art. what's going. And I think I know, but with Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's in a down period right now. So like, what I think they're doing is doing the ten year Breaking Breaking Bad movie, mm-hmm. and then so there's a season off of Better Call Saul, and it's apparently the next season's going to be the last season. Mm-hmm. So like, what I was saying on season eight of Game of Thrones, like maybe through the franchise of Better Call Saul and the ten year later Breaking Bad movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to do an exceptional job of tying all that together, and it brings a whole new meaning to both shows. Mm-hmm. That's what I think because they keep showing in Better Call Saul the later portion of his life after he's already gone on witness protection, yeah. and then leading up to and even running parallel with the the Breaking Bad plotline. So I'm like, oh yeah, this has so much potential, and I wonder what that Breaking Bad movie is going to be like. Yeah, part of it is I've noticed if you watch enough series shows, et cetera, you you know. Talent goes around other talent, and you start to realize that you know the Breaking Bad group is incredibly talented. You know they are, but they also had a. They've also always had a plan. You know, you've heard um, was it uh, Gillian? I think is the one who does a lot of interviews. He said we sat down, we did Breaking Bad, we had a five year plan. This is where we want to start. This is where we want to finish. When shows don't have that kind of structure, like when you're writing Game of Thrones, and the author himself is in book five of planned book seven, and it's like one of those, where's Winds of Winter? Um, you know, the Game of Thrones fans are like, where's the book? Yeah, chapter one's online, I think. Oh, he's got, well, there's, these, there's like four or five actual chapters. Um, no, he's got a strange writing style, but they, I don't think because the ending wasn't written, they don't have as much of a structured plan. They don't have kind of I a, wonder, do you think um, the author did that to kind of play HBO? I mean, think like... Oh, uh, no, no. He's, the book is going to be different, mm-hmm. you know? So oh, yeah. is he going to have more book sales because of that? I don't know. Not necessarily. If the way... The books are really interestingly written. Each chapter is told from the different point of view of a character. And he does some funky stuff in there. Like, there's one, I think, it's when Tyrion and Sansa, they're trying to escape at some point. Mm -hmm. There's three or four chapters in quick sequence where it's Tyrion's point of view. It's it's literally... I like that style of writing, where you uh, are seeing it just through one character's eyes. And some of the best books I've ever read are, are like that, like... Uh, each each chapter is from a different point of view, just like you're saying. Yeah, but what happens, what I think, it's very easy to write a single chapter 
to get those into a narrative of a story you can follow, mm-hmm. especially with as many moving pieces. Like the first three books, I think he does a great job of it. Um, it's it's clear, you know, you've got sort of the build up. The first book is before the war ever starts. You know, it, it the first book and the first season follow really closely together. Before Robert's Rebellion start, or not before the... Before uh, the Stark Rebellion, yeah, effect, okay, okay. the war in the North. The second book and the second season are about the same ideas, the war itself. Um, the third, if I remember, it's called, yeah, Feast of Crows. It's sort of the aftermath, the war's burning down, but you've got all this, you know, this is where the uh, Brothers Without Banners coming mm-hmm. in. This is where... You know, oh, by the way, we're, we're going to follow Arya over to Bravo so she becomes a faceless man. Man, but, but, I, they did not give me any satisfaction on that plot line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, where did the faceless men come in? And what about Jojen Reed's dad? <laughs> you know, like, oh, Mira yeah. and Jojen, like, I expected to see that dude show up. There was memes about, it wasn't Jojen, it was uh, the girl, the one who, asked, like, you know, you basically escorted Bran, you know, north of the wall, found the three-eyed raven, got him back alive from the wall, and you vanish. It's like, you know, that's when you that's when you should know you got too many plot lines. So, but it's it's frustrating. Oh yeah, I was really, I really, you know, did you but see when I canceled my HBO the 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 photo I threw up? It was like the thing. It's like you have now canceled your HBO. I was like, and now my watch has ended. Yeah, but it's uh, but like you know, certain you see these groups of people who work together, the Breaking Bad crew. That the reason I think they even thought about Better Call Saul is you brought back almost everybody. From the Breaking Bad, and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they have another five season arc planned. But the one I always say, if um, I, I know we will get to local politics and stuff like that. One I say, everybody, if you want to understand small town local politics or politics in general, go watch um, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I was talking with Mike about that. I haven't seen. I've only it, seen a couple of seasons of it. I haven't watched it a couple of years, but hilarious it, show. Yeah, but that is a very, very talented group who came together. Much of that group is still working together. If you've seen Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. a lot like the same creator moved to that show, and there's like little throwbacks you see. You know, the name Peralta actually appears in like two episodes of Parks and Rec, and then appears in main characters and stuff like that. But you see those groups who work together really, really well, and you know, especially for television shows where you're not, you know. You're, you're telling stories over, you know, a movie's tricky enough. You got two and a half hours, but you're trying to tell a story um, over, you know, 10 hours or whatever normal television season is anymore. You know, you see those sorts of things fall through, and you can see, um, I think the Marvel Universe has done that really well. I mean, yeah, you got some above average contributions, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's Kevin Feige's, sort of the brains. You know, when you say, hey, I just made 21 movies in 11 years, shattered, bro- you know, shattered blockbuster records, the plot is all is pretty, conti- you know, good continuity. I like how they um, cross over between the sitcoms and the... Oh, and yeah. Back that's, into the, in the phases and how they're divided. It's, well, it's, it's great. That's the thing. There's, gr- there's different genre films that are out there. Like I, um, Ant-Man is sitcom-ish. Yes. Paul, it's Paul Rudd, you know, you know, he's kind of silly, but then you've got, have you, did you ever see Logan? Yeah. Logan's great. R-rated, it's a 
mutant western. Did you see me share on the Life Unraveled page today the X Men theme song getting shredded with a whammy pedal? I, I saw the the link go by, but oh, I didn't get a chance sick, to listen. Dude, but... that old school nineties cartoon. That one. Uh, and two, the, like I just, I think I just saw the male person go by the window. I'm pretty sure they're dropping off my Tom Morello whammy pedal, and I was just like, <laughs> I can make those sounds when that pedal gets here. Amazon delivering on Sundays. Yeah, dude, isn't it weird um, that uh, how fast you get stuff nowadays? Like, yeah, uh, I ordered. It's funny. I was sort of complaining. Amazon has been kind of weird with purchasing things, like especially like DVDs. Um, like I think we have most of the Marvel movies, and I want you know I knew the second time we'd watched it, I was ordering Endgame the minute it came out, um, but they didn't have it listed with a price through which. But part of it is they're also um, it, movies now come out in stages. You could watch it on their streaming service. Yes, three I've weeks noticed ago, that. I've noticed or that. I think it's four weeks ago. You could watch it on Amazon. You could buy it on Amazon Prime, and you own it and watch it on the streaming service. Then two weeks ago, it was the Blu-ray, and then this week was finally the DVD. Well, you know, Cord, I noticed this when we were in uh, we we're out of town in Vegas or something a few years ago, but there was some movie, and this was like right when digital streaming was really becoming. Down, going down the path of what it is, but we we're in Vegas, and there was all there were all of these movies that you couldn't do anything with them. You couldn't buy them. You couldn't do, but there on the hotel TV, you could rent them. <laughs> and this is like weeks ahead, like weeks ahead of any uh, release for uh, digital streaming or anything. But it's like, yeah, you can rent them. You can't buy them. You can't buy the digital version. You can't get the Blu-ray. You can't get this. You can't get that. But you can rent this movie for about seventeen dollars. Yeah. And it was, and we did. <clears throat> One night, we just stayed in the hotel room and watched. Like I think it was, uh, uh, it wasn't American Wedding. Remember they came out with like another one, yeah, where it was like their high school reunion or yeah, something like it. that. But it was, uh, but it was months before it came out, and there was another one on there. It was like months before it came out or something like that. But it is like they've started giving you in in sort of phases access to the movie. You might oh, yeah. pay more. You know, but on a movie like you're saying with Endgame, like you might pay seventeen dollars to rent it two weeks before it's streamable or before you could purchase it. Oh yeah, and you can't. It's one of the things I haven't found. They don't have like a, a whole package where I can buy. I want both the DVD and the streaming version. You know, I might pay twenty five for that. They do need to start doing that. I, I totally agree. That there are plenty of times I want both. I want the, uh, but man, anymore I just. We end up renting the digital, or for like two nine nine or whatever it is, or we just end up buying it. We got a, a digital collection going now, so it's uh, oh yeah, it's wild. And it isn't it weird? It's like like the transitions. Like you remember, like oh, we're trading cards, and now or you know yeah. or whatever, and it's DVDs, and now it's like yeah, we're just collecting digital content as human well, beings. I got one that I recognized. Is we do Redbox, you know? Mm-hmm. There's one like right down the hill. Um, but a DVD from Redbox is like a buck seventy-five. But I get, you know, I have an account, so you know, it doesn't want my uh, receipt stuff like that. But I get lots of commercials for the Redbox streaming service. You put it, you put an app. You can, if it's on Redbox, it's in the app. Rental is five dollars. You're paying three twenty-five for convenience. I don't got to get up. I don't have to drive five minutes down, five minutes back, or check with 
boxes to find. Well, typically one new releases are more expensive, too. Well, this is for any release. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's one of those... If you, you ever want, rent through Amazon? Um, re- occasionally. If there's some really weird... Is there, are they about neck and neck? Because we rent um, exclusively through Amazon for the most part. It depends on... The thing is, a lot of Redbox's model is, say, releases in the last six months. That's what they're really game, you know, aimed for. What's hot right now, basically, yeah. what's getting rented. And I think one of the things I also noticed that Redbox, I think, is uh, you can rent video games through them, too. Um, video That's game, interesting. Video games, are, I love video games. Digital, video, digitally, you're saying? I don't know if you can through the app or not. Okay, just I know the it, disc, I, yeah, I've seen that. But um, I know games are expensive. You could drop 40 to $60 on a new release, and you don't know what you're getting. But you can go, you know, think about it. I can go to Redbox. I can rent the disc, spend five bucks, play it for like two nights, and go, okay, this is what I thought it was. I like this, and then buy it. Mm-hmm. Or I can say, oh, no, you know, thanks, but no thanks. You know, it didn't do this, that, or the other thing. So that's the thing about Redbox, which I think is interesting, is that their model's not just movies. Um, they diversified to games as well, which I think helps, but... Um, the thing that gets me is, um, with other stuff is like you can get TV through PlayStation Network. I've been queuing in on that a little bit. I, but like, it's, we but, don't. But we, you don't, all our games are same systems are retro. But but you know. don't need. You can get an app that you can install. Like there's a PlayStation app. You don't need a game console. You can put it on your Roku or your laptop or whatever, and still get the content. Um, I know they're um, diversifying sports content that way. Um, you know, if you look, you know, UFC was on Fox forever. It just moved to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got ESPN proper. You've got ESPN apps. All I that know sort of stuff. it's um um it's big. That's big right now. And then, like I noticed on Amazon, probably six months ago, they're pushing sports on uh, Amazon Prime big time. Like mm-hmm. on my digital streaming, like I see all these like uh, NFL and like hey, yeah. you want to watch this game, you can order this game. I'm like, no, actually, I don't want to see that shit on here at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, like but if it's... you is there an option to make the football go <laughs> off my dashboard? See, I'm the opposite way. It's like um, they've been experimenting. Yeah, you've been able to watch an NFL game on YouTube, Amazon, Yahoo. And Google, and the, part of this is their exp- it's experimentation. Um, as long as I have been an adult, you have had sports on the major networks. NFL is like a multi-billion dollar industry, and I think almost all other sports combined equal the NFL. But I think, you know, they've always been major network sports. You know, you have to go, you know, to Fox, you got to go to CBS. You want to do Monday Night Football? It's now on ESPN. That's the way you had to go. But people are cutting cords. And uh, like, what I will do, I'll. Um, this reminds me, I got to uh, do it. I'll go to Hulu and I'll get my live channels for like four months. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the seasonal, o- seasonal yeah. TV. Yeah, once we hit Labor Day weekend. Oh, now it's time to pay attention to the NFL on Sundays. And what ga- are the Eagles on? Great. That's it. You know, just yeah. if just don't be a um, bad team fan. You know, for a long time, like you know, the joke was the Cleveland Browns. Like, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan living in Arkansas, you will never see them. Don't waste your time or money. But yeah, you're seeing these corporations. Like um, we were talking beforehand, you just saw Jim Gaffigan go on Joe Rogan. He was talking about this. Like, people can now go buy their socks, they can buy their T-shirts, and they'll go watch his comedy special. 
and you've got Amazon providing NFL television coverage. You know, you've got Yacht. So everything's streamlined, man. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Like, what we're talking, like, would you have thought that this would be the world we were living in 20 years ago? Oh, no. Uh, 20 years ago actually works perfectly, because I remember um, I basically, like, li- being in the Army was being in a bubble. Like, there, it was, like, the Internet and computers for college still were just coming online when I left for the Army, and it was everywhere when I got back, and that wow. was only a five-year... Four or five years in? Yeah, a little over four. Basically, I took my last college courses um, in early 1991, and I restarted in the fall of 96. And it's like, you know, digital card, ca- you just like digital card catalogs. I remember. Bro, you missed like the whole grunge era, man. Oh, no. I, <laughs> we, we got music, but as far as technology and stuff like that in universities, I wasn't around universities, but we came back. And I remember we had a professor who was the first one to say, here is how you email, you know, write your paper. Here's how you attach it to your email and send it to me electronically. And that was probably 98, where it's now, I don't, um, we were, I've got, Tests that are online. I haven't had a. I don't handle physical papers very much at all. Um, they turn it in through. Turn it in. I can't lose it. They get receipt copies. The originals there. The turn it in grade versions there. You know, it, it's come such a long way, man. Oh it, yeah. It, the, and I love the way I'm now this semester, and we just got started. But I'm streamlining everything so much more than ever, and that how it's organized in our educational software, which is Byteboard, same you use. Mm-hmm. And then how I'm using multiple approaches on sources like, hey, here's an article. Hey, here's a PDF of this primary source. We're going to look at a couple of videos here. And how you can just integrate the text and cross things over. So, like, that would be a good way for us to um, segue over to, um, like, AETN, man. Mm -hmm. For example, and I know those videos aren't going anywhere. It's the good part. So, like, you... um, You go on ATN periodically. What is the actual show that you're going on? Like, it's, called, is there a name? it's called Arkansas Week. It is a they shoot it. I think they do it every Friday. Um, it is really it's issues concerning the state. What is the what is that guy the host? I Steve Barnes. Him. Okay, yeah, he's been he's been a reporter. Is he related to Ken Barnes, not Burns Barnes, because the black used to always talk about Ken Barnes. Ken Barnes, Arkansas historian. I don't really know him that well. Um, like I know him professionally. I don't think we've ever because I mean they're really working through fast. Like uh, when I basically when I was there Friday, um, I got to the studio about nine forty five in the morning. Um, went back. Got my hair done, got makeup put on me. Um, but uh, I was at the desk, wired in by 10 a.m. The other uh, college professor who was on was there but like two minutes after I was. Um, and early that morning, they'd already shot with Senator Bozeman. He was there like at 8.30 in the morning. I think he came to uh, Moralton that same day, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Yeah. He they, was in Moralton. They do these swings through. like, uh, um, But by... The cameras, they told us you got 13 minutes. Cameras roll, go. <laughs> oh, how's Nick? We're at 42 minutes. You're, you're out of time. Dude. Oh, no, no. Sorry. That's but, a, well, that's the thing. That's like, um, but it's the great thing about it is I tell everybody there's no editing. It is one, sh- everything you see was our take. You know, that was, there's no editing. There's no taking anything out. Um, nice. we're, it's one of those, we're all politics nerds. 
like I, we joked about it. If you get set us up like at a bar with like a seven ounce beer and got the cameras rolling, you could do the same the same show in thirty minutes, almost with no host. You know, because you put it's like you put it. Okay, what happens when you put a bunch of jujitsu people in a room together? They're going to be talking about. Did you see this? Have you tried that? How's your half guard? Gordon Ryan, this exactly. You know, it's the exact same thing with people in any kind of field they're passionate about. They're gonna, they would do it for free. Um, but I think when it comes to AETN, I've accidentally sort of become the Pope County expert because it's been a fascinating year for uh, Pope County, Pope County politics. Oh, I know, and it, man. But, but there's sta- the thing is, there's always a statewide connection. I'm glad that you are uh, going like we. I know that you heard. Drew and I talking about you on a recent podcast, but yep. I'm glad that we do have some discourse and a forum to discuss these issues and just kind of what recapping some of the things I heard you talking about. I didn't listen to the whole talk yet, but I mean, you said Friday and I kind of saw the, the headlines of you guys were hitting on second amendment and casino, correct? Yep. Um, and then to the the larger which is we're kind of on the other side of that so to speak the, mm-hmm. uh, the but but not at the same time the cannabis issue like we did a podcast on the casino and cannabis somewhat recently yeah um, where are we as a state and local community in comparison to other communities in the state and federally on all that stuff I mean it, people always sort of stereotype well you're in the Bible Belt of the South and. You have dry counties, and, and dude, I am just so ready to move past. It's like, could we just be like the rest of? If there is a way that the rest of the states are like, can this region start acting that way? Because mm-hmm. like, there is no federal prohibition of alcohol, mm-hmm. and that is going to be the next hot button issue attached to this casino. Oh, they're they're that's coming. Um, yeah. Th- that is scratching the surface. You really, this is why I think jujitsu and being a professor work hand in hand together because you're constant. You're right. You have to be a constant student. Um, you're always learning. You know, if you want to find out if a professor is sort of mailing it in, you sort of look at how long have you been running these notes um, and stuff like that. But um, you're always having to learn. And especially learning more and more like Southern politics. You know, there's a point where Southern politics and Southern history converge. Like, you know, we were talking, you're teaching um, Arkansas history. One of the big books on Arkansas politics is a guy by the name of V.O. Key. Um, he, was, he basically wrote the first regional studies book, and he had a, a chapter on each and every one of the chat on each and every one I'll of the have to Southern look into states. That. What's his yeah. name again? V.O. Key. K E Y? Yep. Uh, I think he wrote it in the late 50s, early 60s. And there's still things, when you say the South, there's a lot of difference between states. Like, whether it's Alabama, Arkansas, we'll keep Florida out of this. Um, but things like South Alabama, K- man, holy shit. Yeah, but what like one of the things he saw back then um, that... You know, again, you're talking a 50 year old book now, at least. Yeah, he died in '63. I'm saying. Yeah. It's so, like UCLA, Johns Hopkins University is where he taught, and Yale. Yeah. Shit. Oh yeah, but he. I gotta look into this guy. But I go to we have an Arkansas political science conference, and it's not will Vio Key be mentioned, but how many shout outs does he get? Like you're saying, yeah, 
The dude's been dead for 55 years, give or, you know, and then some. But Theo Key looked at individual states. He did sort of the first deep case studies. And he said one thing about Arkansas culture, like especially like compared to an Alabama, Arkansas has a more libertarian, individualistic political culture than Alabama does. I think the word he uses to describe Alabama was it was much more congregational. You could Ar- Arkansans have always had like that individualistic liberty streak. Yeah, rugged individualism. Yeah, or, exactly. It, and it's you know what you do, and this covers marijuana, this covers guns. What you want to do in the privacy of your own home, you know, as long as it doesn't affect me, um, compared to other, compared to like an Alabama, um, there is definitely a different political culture. Whereas, like, yeah, Alabama, you know, you get some of this weirdness in Russellville. You know, we don't want, you know, the dry county stuff. Um, you know, casino gambling and, you know, marijuana dispensaries. We don't want that here. It would be even worse and uglier if this were somewhere in Alabama. You know, Arkansas is weird that we are the first southern state to legalize medical marijuana, you know, because part of it is it's not tied to political parties the same way other issues is. Where would you hit on... um The differences in and how much it is affecting that, like I mentioned when we started talking about this with alcohol, is that it is not federally prohibited. But here we see this state and local uh, issues with, uh, you know, no alcohol on Sundays and you can't have a liquor store. Oh, I grew up in Pennsylvania. We had the same thing. And maybe the alcohol on Sunday, but what about, so marijuana is not, it is illegal federally. And that is the number one thing people in our, the, the, the gatekeepers in our community keep saying is like, well, this is federally illegal. We're just trying to follow what the government or whatever, you yeah. Know? Unless we're trying to follow the state constitution on the casino, then we're <laughs> going to break the law, you know. What people are inconsistent, sorry. Yeah, but oh no, it's it. it marijuana is weird that way because even like Colorado, where recreational marijuana is legal, technically the fed it is illegal in the federal government. What a lot of it is, think of all the problems your police department has to deal with. Think of all the drug problems. Think of all the violent crime problems they have to deal with. You know, what we don't want anymore is we don't want, you know, that police officer who works 40 or 50 hours a week, they will spend the same amount of time arresting somebody for a dime bag of weed as somebody for a kilo of cocaine. Oh, I and know. A the lot scheduling it, is, is disturbing. Uh, that's what it really boils it. down to. Is like there's a federal schedule, and they put, you know, for whatever reason, at one point, marijuana is in the highest. It's up there with heroin and cocaine and all the big hitters. Yes. But it's a lot of what they've said in like Colorado was like, look, we've got bigger fish to fry. We are not going to even, they call it like decriminalization. You know, we've seen that in Northwest Arkansas, Eureka Springs here in the state. We talked yeah. about that a couple of podcasts ago. And, but it's, they've made it sort of, it's not, they're going on a very different argument than what is federally legal or illegal. They're saying, look, we've only got, we've, one of the realities of life politics is we live in a world with scarce time and scarce resources. And those states have said, look, we, you know, and oh, by the way, we're going to tax it. Don't, don't. Man, taxation revenue has been great, though, for cannabis, has it not? Uh, yeah, Colorado, like, 
I think they tax it like at 19% or something like that. And they brought in a free billion dollars a year the first year. But it's like, you know, it's one of those, hey, wait a minute, you know. Well, I mean, that's kind of the argument on the casino, is it not? That it's like nobody ever talks about all the benefits and all the tax revenue. And, and you know, I know Russellville's not going to get any of that. But. Well. <laughs> or will they? Or will they? You know, I mean, do you know anything about why Russellville is not on I've that got... annual operating budget sheet and if that will change? Um, let's start with this. The casino, like, we always talk about, like, teachable moments. What can I show people? The casino is a weird, well, we, we call them NIMBY projects, not in my backyard, N-I-M-B-Y. Now, the thing is, when you many NIMBY projects are like toxic waste dumps. You know, we need a place to put stuff like Arkansas Nuclear One. You know, they employ a lot of people. They generate power across the region, but it creates like radioactive isotopes that take 10,000 years to decay. We do need a place to put this, but nobody wants a toxic waste dump in their backyard. You know, they built one, I think it's in the in the Nevada desert. You know, why? Well, Nevada lost, you know, it's isolated enough, it's the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's, you know, when we think of a NIMBY project, that's what people are thinking about. Well, the things that uh, Russellville's turning into NIMBY projects, which I like that word already. Yeah. Uh, is, oh, oh no, we're not having a retirement center in our backyard. We're not having a marijuana dispensary or a liquor store. Or, or a casino. Or a new martial arts academy. or I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. It's, the, any, <clears throat> but it's, you know, it's... The state... Um, I bring this up. When I was... The last time I did the show was about uh, Arkansas Week. was I think I did it in late June. Um, the The... Mayor of Little Rock had to cut several million dollars out of the budget this year and forever. You know, their annual Little Rock budget is about $200 million for Little Rock proper. He had to get it down to like one ninety three. You're bringing jobs, construction, and, you know, I would say half the mayors and quorum courts in Arkansas, if you would say... I'm going to bring 700 jobs the minute the shovels go on the ground, and those 700 jobs will stay for the foreseeable forever. I would say, what I'd say, half the county judges and stuff like that would would sell part of their soul. They'd be like, "Where do I sign up?" Because m- most the trouble with Arkansas is there is a lot of places which are sort of revenue neutral. They're stuck, and I, like a lot of this. Um, one of the things the state's really trying hard to fix is there is a digital divide in Arkansas, like streaming and stuff like that. When you get south of I-30, when you get down like in the Delta region, mm-hmm. when you're getting close to those Louisiana borders and stuff, there is no high-speed Internet access. Like, I've seen different numbers, but like a quarter of the state has no... Well, Michael Booty, he can't... He has a high-speed through like his satellite or something. I mean, he just lives out here north of Dover, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, Mr. Dean, who uh, those guys like... The, they don't have access to the same type of internet that, and I'll say this, man, like I'm probably going to upload this podcast when I get to work tomorrow <laughs> because dude, yeah. the amount of time the video uploads in comparison, like what I, or I, what I will do is I save a copy of the video to my computer so I can upload it from YouTube or Facebook from there because man, Facebook and YouTube don't talk to each other. They hate each other. Oh yeah. So it's like sharing a link from YouTube to Facebook's a joke. Like it's the Facebook's like, yeah, we're going to just be sure nobody sees that. But that 
all those places, like I know we have a state senator, Brianne Ramsey. She worked hard to get Arkansas actually had strong restrictions on experimentation with rural broadband. They got rid of a lot of that because they realized, like, if you're trying to open a business, any business, in a third to a quarter of the state, you have no, there's no way to announce your digital presence. Wow. I didn't think about that, man. I didn't but know it's, that was that. It's just, the thing is, like, a lot of, if you're in Little Rock, it's good. If you're in Northwest Arkansas, it's good. If you're in Russellville, well, that's the thing. You, you see how fast it goes. Like, Russellville proper, I've never had a problem with my high-speed internet. You know, we're maybe, what, five miles north? And you're okay. You go yeah, five miles more north to Booty's house, and you're suddenly in, you know, 1880s internet access. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's he has, like, what I would perceive, and I mean, just based off talking to him, to be like a notch above... Um, Oh, just dial up DSL lines. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that's you know if you want to grow the state, but this project was bringing in a lot of money, um, and there was that they fought it like, hey, we want to open a bubonic plague hospital in the middle of your county, and they fought tooth and nail. And part of it is this is where it got tricky for me is anti groups threw so much crap against the wall. Like, I lost track of how many different arguments and how many different lines they actually said, you know, this casino will bring blank half a dozen, a dozen. Because part of it from their strategy is they don't need all of them to work. They just need to find one. If one would suddenly hit, one suddenly sticks, great. You know, they could slow it down, they could stop it, that sort of thing. You know, that's why... Um, there's all this talk about they sent an, these affidavits uh, to the Western, you know, the, the federal judges for investigation, that there were payoffs and bribes, and we saw these quorum court members. It was just, you know, they're shoveling, throwing everything as fast as they can against the wall, because if one of those does stick, they can slow the process down, they can uh, vest it. But this was coming, you know. Um, the, the people of the state spoke. The people of the state won. You know, it was not a local vote. It was a statewide vote. Um, If the groups that wanted to stop it in Pope County were smarter, they would not have put so much effort into just Pope County. Because every voter all throughout the state mattered. You know. That was the thing that I felt like was the biggest cesspool of misinformation on all of this is that and you can maybe elaborate and explain this better to people who are listening, but, like, <laughs> I mean, you trying to usurp the state constitution doesn't seem like the best thing to throw against the wall. And that seemed to, because of how the ordinance and the, the oh, we're going to vote on this, and the, the, all, the th- all the measures they tried to do mm-hmm. for Pope County to have a say, but in the end, it was just like, yeah, that was cool that you guys did that. But nice try. the state constitution says this, and that is what we shall be doing. Yes. I mean, is that... The- oh, yeah. No, that is... Um, I had a student um, do a senior seminar paper. I mean, he wrote, and he... I had to be... The biggest thing I had to help him out was going down too many rabbit holes. Because mm. there's a lot of great stuff, but they've actually... What I did not know is they have been trying to get a casino casinos any number in arkansas for a decade i think i mean dude i've said this in joking and passing but like i i'm being very real when i say it like 
You ever watch Ozark with Jason Bateman? <laughs> I, apparently, I need to. Dude, I'm telling you right now, season two, which has been about a year or so since it came out, mm-hmm. is all about a casino. And it's like, did you guys <laughs> test this, put this in this market, this they we keep talking about, yeah. uh, at the federal oh, level or I regional heard, level? Yeah, I heard as a source is on a whole other story. But. Yeah, but... It, but here's How do you soften a market on an issue like this? I mean, we've People been seeing the Hollywood connection yeah. in manipulation of this kind of stuff since the 50s. Mm-hmm. So I think people... This is the trick. This has been coming for a long time. Now, what happened, what was different this year, is like there were casino ballot measures in 2014 and 2016 to allow casinos to be built in Arkansas. Pope, I think this was the first time that mentioned Pope County, but there were different numbers. Let's be blunt. Oaklawn and um, all those, they've been wanting this. You know, horse racing's good. You know, we do. My wife and I have been around greyhounds and greyhound rescues for a long time. Um, out there in West Memphis, the greyhound industry is on its is going away. It's on its last legs. Let me let me ask you what you think about this. Uh, you owned a, a yes. greyhound um, before we had kids. We dude, had I think it's super effed up to race dogs and horses both. I, I think that that's cruel. I think we need to do away with it as a society. And I think that it's like that's a disgusting excuse to gamble. Like uh, this kind of came up lightly on the last podcast, but it's like. I love my dog in there, mm-hmm. even though he has to stay in the cage. The podcast is kind of immature and we have the door open. But, like, if somebody was just like, yeah, I'm going to make your dog run around a track and mm-hmm. people are going to speculate that. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like, that's where we are. Like, that's, yeah. like, like, that's okay. Well, but, but, you that's know. That's why it's, I think, that's why it's fading out. Basically, I remember, if I got my, if my memory is straight, so put a big asterisk over this. When we had ours, we had ours before we had our first daughter. So we had a Greyhound, I think, from 2004 to 2007. At the time, there was still in the high 50s or low 60s numbers of tracks. So it's a bit, it was, it was truly an industry. Um, and that's the problem with it. It's not, if you're, if you're you know, if Pupperman, if he loves to run and he loves racing other dogs and he's your pet and stays at home and sleeps on your couch, I don't, re- and you know, gets, yeah, 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 for sure. I have no problem with that. But what we need to do but, is we need to get we need to get Pepperman on some of that John Jones stuff, some of that <laughs> juice, you know, and then we can get him leaned out, and then yeah. we, then we can start getting our friend to go tra- but or whatever. It's like I mean, it's like a lot of other industries, just like you know, commercial farming and stuff like that. Like if once you turn it into a corporation. And, you know, you're looking at these dogs, you start training them, and they start running races, and, you know, what happens when they don't pan out? There was, you know, that was where it was, like, when we were in, involved with greyhounds a lot, that's where it was kind of bad. We, you know, all these greyhound groups really, for the most part, only adopted as they were coming off the track. Basically, they get out there, they get about six races. And if they don't, if they're not winning, if they're just not panning out, then they get adopted out. Um, but there was always questions about, well, what happens if they figure out they're not a good racing dog at nine months, 12 months? Because what happens at 18 months, they register the dog. Um, if you ever look, greyhounds have ink. Um, if you look at their ears, they'll have, they have tattooed in um, actual like racing numbers, registration numbers. That's how they track them. Um, 
but the, there was always this sort of cloud over the whole industry. Like, what happens to those dogs before they're registered, before the 18-month window? Now, part of this, what gets weird is the, the adoption groups could not come out really against the racing industry because you are willing participants. Like, you're, you know, um, the groups that you would adopt from, the tr- whether it was a track, breeder, whoever, they had to willingly, you couldn't force them to give up the dogs. They had to let you in. So you had to be, there was, you had to be really, really careful. Now, let's fast forward. So now it's 10 years later. Um, Florida, there's, uh, uh, Florida just outlawed Greyhound racing by the end of 2020. Really? Yes. So I didn't even know any of that was going on other than just like, but man, here, getting a dog, my empathy level has gone way up. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. When Florida outlawed it for the, a lot of the same things you talked about, it is an it is a industry with a limit. There are... Our, we were around them heavily involved for three years when we were in Pennsylvania, you know, where you get to learn more of it. And there are good breeders. There are better tracks, but there's worse. Florida was one of the worst. Um, but the entire industry is only 17 or 18 tracks today. That's good news. And two-thirds of them are in Florida. And that's on its way out. Okay, wow. So you've, imagine you trying to keep your industry going without two-thirds of it. I would, th- you know, and I think the people in West Memphis know this. It, it's one of those, I'm f- I found out um, there are industries which are aging where you're, uh, you're targeting older individuals and just because they've been around. You know, um, if you've ever watched Ocean's Eleven, the joke, you know, they go to the, you know, the one guy, you know, Rubens at the dog races or whatever, and, or it's Carl Reiner's character. Um, he's at the dog races and he's the, he is the target demographic. Like 75 and 80 year old retirees. Yeah. There's just not enough of them to keep the industry going. Um, but I think what you saw in West Memphis is they, they, they're not stupid. They see this and they know, yeah, okay, Florida closes down 2020. Yeah, we're still fine. 2021, 2022, it's going. So we need to, it's like any business, yours or racing or, you know, you name it, you have to always be updating. You always have to be changing your model with the times in the market. And so you know that, hey, this industry, if you are in West Memphis, is going to be gone in the early 2020s. We'd better get a sports book. We'd better get um, a casino. Yeah, at, I go play the pennies. Go play the bite jack table. Exactly. Um, the racing, I, I never, the race, the horse racing gets, I don't know enough to comment intelligently. I didn't, one thing I realized, Oaklawn does not have a long season. I didn't know anything about that, yeah. I mean, I can I see it just being, it, it's Arkansas. Our weather, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fourth of July, it's 147 degrees and 200% humidity. Well, that's another thing I thought, I mean, you're mentioning but, all these places where, you know, I mean, dude, it's Arkansas but, hot out there right now. And I mean, how, how, how. How do we want to get these animals' heart rate out? In oh that yeah. Heat? Well, you have the same thing. One of the things in all the let's let's circle back to local. One of the things that was talked about is um, they want some kind of sports complex. They were talking with a company that it was a, their final decision came down to be between Russellville and it was Jacksonville, which is North Little Rock. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to do 10 baseball fields and stuff like that. Um, and they, they chose Jacksonville. That's where they decided to open it. So a lot of the, some of the casinos started including those sort of things. 
but it's still it's Arkansas. Like to make any business work, you got to it's people in the seats, people coming through the doors. Baseball sounds great. Say April through May, maybe early June, depending on the weather. And and there is fall baseball in Arkansas, September, October, maybe even November. Welcome to global warming. But you're right. You know, can you get an industry and make it successful when you're going to take? There's four months basically where you may not be able to do it. You're not playing baseball in January and February when it's you know 37 and raining. And you're not playing baseball in July and August when it's 147 degrees outside. Um, but it's part of it to make it work. It's got to be part of your business model. And I think that is um, others included it. Others worked. Um, whereas the uh, the casino operator who finally got the contract, they got a water park in there. Oh, and, and out- a county a county jail and some well, other things. Yeah, that's what a lot of the what you talked about the money tagged. Um, you know, basically, when I looked back at it, they're getting a free year of operating budget to some of these municipalities. Like, yeah, Russellville needs a new. Isn't that happening? Is are those budgets happening every year? The casinos in the county is what I was hearing. I don't know if it was every year, but it's an initial. Those are specific dollar amounts to go to those municipalities. Now that makes it seem a little less because if those uh, if they don't get it every year. Mm-hmm. Then it's not as big of an implication if Russellville doesn't get it because of all the the jail, the community center, yeah. the sports complex, the water park things but that we. I are... want you to imagine like Judge Cross, the quorum court. They make the major decisions. I want you to ima- take your business. I'm going to give you whatever comes through your registers in your door a second one of those for one year. And you'd be like, uh, I might, I might give my left arm for that. But it's like. Yeah, you know, basically Judge Cross, a year after the casino opens, will get a free $27 million. And, oh, by the way, a jail is about $30 million. He doesn't. He's going to get a brand-new jail. He doesn't have to raise taxes. That's not including all the income and all. Remember, you know, you've got state and local sales taxes. He's going to get, they're going to get revenue from construction workers. They're going to get revenue from um, wages once the casino opens. And he's like, you know, you could do a lot of good. I think it was Pottsville is going to get one. I think I started finding the data. Pottsville will get a check that's basically double their annual operating budget. You know, suddenly I think like Pottsville's like three point three million. Yeah, we the way I saw the breakdown and they're floating around. It's yeah, insane. and they they spend like one point five million a year. It's like wow, I could not collect taxes for two years and still provide everything I already do. You know, but it's. As long as those, here's the key, as long as those entities spend the money on what they plan, you know, build that new jail. Bill, you know, I wouldn't be, if Pottsville's already got a pretty good school district, if all of a sudden everybody's got brand new school buildings, fully wired, that sort of thing. As long as the month, what's promised gets spent where it's intended, fix those roads, fix that drainage, Jesus. Let me ask you this. What do you think about this? Um, Without sounding too controversial, because I I personally don't care for it, but there was one justice of the peace that abstained due to conflicts of interest on this casino vote when the quorum court did flip the other day. Mm -hmm. There's also another justice of the peace whose family's company is selling the land to the casino. I think he should have abstained for the same reasons, and I think that... 
this has been one of the biggest real estate speculations in the history of our county. <laughs> yeah. And a, <laughs> and a justice of the peace is directly going to benefit from it. Yeah. You, in that case, you know, one of the things about a lot of this is, um, assuming all this is true, because that's something I've run into with like trying to figure out information for a lot of this was always so fishy. And part of it is actually like Facebook algorithm problems. But um, in that case, yeah, you probably, if you were going to make money off of the casino, yeah, you, if you're voting, yes. Because um, uh, the, the reason the other uh, JP abstained apparently was because he is in banking. Banking. Yeah. So that's the thing, um, you know. If you've got that, you it's up to you to be, you know, to clearly say I've got a conflict of interest. Um, so, you know, to recuse yourself or whatever, or, you know, it's like one of the things I think the JP actually put out, like, I don't know if it was later the night, uh, later that Tuesday or first thing Wednesday morning, but he said, Look, I work in the banking industry. I saw that, yeah. No matter which way this goes, I'm going to be affected, so I abstained. Um, and, I, might well, have, I might have put that out at the beginning of the meeting. Or uh, a lot of people are saying vote. something more like, don't run and get involved in our government. Yeah. And I feel the same way, dude. I, well, like, if you, here's the thing, or that particular real estate company mm-hmm. speculates on and controls more real estate transactions, arguably, based off what I know, than anybody else in town. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, don't put people from your office in the local government mm-hmm. but, but for that reason. Just yeah. like banking, it's like, I don't want that going on. If there is a perceived future contract, if you are controlling real estate speculation anyway, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, like, I want I wanted this casino deal to go down, and it's that kind of stuff along with secret backroom meetings if they went on and stuff, oh, yeah. that will taint the well on this. Oh, yeah. It's... It's so, it's the the issue was it was a business negotiation, and I think that I ha, I have my first recommendation if I were to be Pope County Commissioner or Russellville Mayor, one I think both those offices the county government the city government needs an office of communications to put more information out. Yes, agreed. There's you a are, lot of people pushing for that. They need. Because that was the biggest problem is controlling the flow of information. Because, like, I joked about it. One of the problems I ran into trying to research, like I, like, I do what most people don't see is, like, yeah, I'm on television for 13 minutes. My Thursday night is usually three to four hours at my computer. I'm digging up information. Perfect. I'm digging up data. I'm, I'm finding the hard evidence of what I want to say for those minutes. But you run into... Like, I was trying to find out what was Gulfside's final project. What were the... And I couldn't find it. It may still be out there in the ether. I could find what Gulfside wanted to do in February. And it looks very... And this is true for all five casinos. They were all changing things, altering things, upping their antes, including new amenities and stuff like that. But there was... If somebody could have controlled that... Just that little bit of information. Agreed. You know... When you start to realize that, oh, by the way, um, you know, two of the operators are going to build amphitheaters. These three are not. Um, it, uh, I, I didn't see this for sure. What kind of concert venue are we getting with uh, Cherokee? The, I think you're getting th- a three-stage approach. Basically, I know Hard Rock and um, 
Cherokee, they have a, like a small stage of some form, so which might be five or 700 seats. They're going to have, I think, like um, a 1,000-seat indoor. But I, they're both going to have an outdoor amphitheater. I think Legends was 4,000 at opening. Yeah. And I think um, Hard Rock was talking seven to eight. Well, uh, you know, I mean, like the amp. They're expanding yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, some of those concerts, like Cora went and saw uh, Bush and Live there the other night and maybe somebody else. But uh, when we saw Dave Matthews there, well, you were yeah. there. Holy crap. I couldn't even walk over and talk to you, dude. And like, I had to go talk to Booty where you snapped that photo. I had to, like, luckily we were up close to the top where I could walk up and go over and then walk down because he had a seat. Down. But, man, they I think that they just noticed, like, man, some of the concerts we have here are just Pack, oh yeah, selling out. And part of it is like I, uh, you know, getting musical acts in Arkansas is sometimes tricky. Like you can watch, look at a tour shirt, and you can tell you can almost map out where their gear goes. Like you can watch it trickle. Like they're gonna play D.C. and then Richmond, and then they're gonna play somewhere in North Carolina, and then all of a sudden it's Knoxville, Nashville, Memphis, and. Then Dallas. Tul- oh, well, or I'm thinking, I was thinking Tulsa or Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. Ru- they're running right down I-40. Um, and, you know, the question is, do they play Memphis or Little Rock? And Memphis wins a lot more A often. lot of times, especially with that Mud Island Amphitheater. That's mm-hmm. where I got that print right behind you, actually, that uh, it, panic print on the wall there. Um, but you're totally right. I mean, it is uh, like I've been going over in Arkansas history. We're just doing the geography section. But these orphan sections, it's like – you're not going to turn up 540 or 49 and go hit Fayetteville. You might, but mm-hmm. it's like the acts we see come through at places like George's are yeah. typically... Temple Live and uh, Fort Smith is a really nice place if you get to shoot. I wonder if that's where we're seeing Todd's... We're seeing... Okay, did... Uh, it says the Majestic. No. Have you been there in Fort Smith? No, this is... It, unless they renamed it or rebranded it. I wonder if that has to do with the majestic in George's majestic in Fayetteville. Is my mm-hmm. my no? This was an old Masonic lodge or something. Like, I mean, but it was beautiful, like eight hundred seat theater, you know. But it's funny you're sitting there on stage. We saw I went with Booty. It's where we saw Government Mule. Um, yeah, nice. And my hearing's still not the same. Um, never been on the rail before. But Dude, uh, Booty will take you up there and get weird, man. Uh, he's just like he he's all about that rail life, dude. Oh yeah, but he. Um, he was, I think, a casual mule fan. He really loved the show. It was great, you know. Um, but that's the kind of acts you're going to be able to get. I mean, you're like everybody's talking like you're going to have really good national acts coming through because you're right off of I forty. You know, oh, Hard Rock would have solidified that too. That was, I think, yeah. what a lot of people. Because man, so many people get contracts to play at the Hard Rock, and then they played a bunch of different Hard Rocks in, in oh, the yeah. United States. It's yeah. I think the biggest thing when I looked at the Hard Rock stuff. Was that you were that had the biggest label like yeah, instant brand known. recognition exactly? Um, whereas I think one of the things that was behind the scenes that I ran into was how much money in reserve do these entities have? Like that that kept coming up for me too. Like every everybody who's you know done home improvements, you got a budget, you try, but you know there's going to be cost overruns. Um, You've got a rainy season. You've got, you know, price of steel goes up, stuff like that. You're going to spend more than you plan. Um, something about the way Hard Rock's corporate structure is set up, they were, you know, they have a good reserve fund. 
that was some of the problem. There was two smaller casino operators. Um, a lot of paranoia. They couldn't bankroll it, basically. Well, right? I think the one was. Uh, I actually got to meet one of the C. He was he was the CEO of the one Iowa the Keel family. Very nice guy. But they are a much smaller, and it's weird to say they are a family owned casino operation. Um, if they're if you had a you know tremendously bad season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just did, you know, they cannot compare. Cherokee had the deepest reserve fund. You know, Cherokee can basically pay for the casino in cash and still have a $10 billion reserve fund sitting around. And it's nobody else in the competition was anywhere near. Um, and, you know, Gulfside was the same way and the same problem. And all the, all the threats of lawsuits, I think, turned more than a few people off to Gulfside. You know, you want, um, I think the word Judge Cross used when he was announcing this was, you know, we want we want an economic partner. And I think Gulfside was trying to force its way in through lawsuits, so I think that turned um, a lot of individuals off. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, interest groups, that's what a casino operator would be, is an interest group. They want to try and get a specific policy, get a letter, and they had different ways that they tried to achieve it. You know, Cherokee worked with county leaders. They worked with group leaders behind the scenes, less publicly, less visibly. Um, Is that legal? Yes. Okay, so that's a big speculation. And uh, like I was talking with another uh, professor, PhD, uh, Mm -hmm. like yourself, a different field, but he was saying that if these JPs did meet, and and this guy's pro-casino too, uh but if they did meet and you and I didn't know about it, that that is illegal. There's weird rules for this, like number of JPs. Yes, and this would have been five to seven that met. Yeah, that I don't know if that exactly happened. At this park, no, I mean, that's what I was hearing. I knew Shiloh Park, uh, yeah, like right over here. Yeah, um, no, I, I was fortunate. I know I've you know friends of friends. Um, I know one of the JPs, and he actually I got to go, and this is how I met the you know the Keel guy. Like, he took me with him to this meeting, and they were so wor- – like, he in particular was so worried about these kind of rules. Like, they can't do two JPs at the same time. So, like, this – they were rolling them in and out of, like, 30-minute meetings. And they were so worried about that. Like, they had to be careful. They were texting. The next one was outside on, like, a 95-degree day as we were finishing up. And they were making sure, don't come inside yet till I finish. So depending on, I didn't catch which names they said, but there's some of them who took it really, really seriously. Um, but and there's some of them who are gonna massively pocket when they sell them the land. There's that. Well, that's the possibility. Yeah. There's and I, man, I dislike back to that. Like that sort well, of stuff. The the lack, the central lack of accountability and communication uh, on that. And I like that. But what I'm hearing, and I don't know, man, all I know is that more than 10 people were saying that there was an off-site meeting with more than five Justice of the Pieces that occurred at Shiloh Park. And if that's the case, that's, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to hear on that because a lot of the trouble is they have made claims that are verifiable. It was 10 people who were absolutely crazy, staunchly anti-casino. And, they were, and then seven voted for it? Well, no, I'm saying... the. There was a group. Oh yes, yeah, so a citizen for a better Pope County. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking. Well, they, the JPs of, initially only one was four, correct? Uh, for well, this is one of the 
early on, I remember there was one of the JPs who was staunchly golf side. He said, this is the one we should support. I mean, he said it like six months ago. I think he might have been even in the Courier, but he said, this is who I support. You know, I am, this is my, you know, who I'm going for. Um, but there was, at the, at, the, at the 11th hour, um, it was the Tuesday when they were doing the quorum court. Um, they did an hour or so. Of, you know, I sat there for two hours and watched the quorum court live stream. The first hour was individuals come up, comment, etc. You got a, some of the anti-casino, some of the pro-casino. This one group said, "I have an affidavit. Like you're Shiloh Park. I have sent ten affidavits to the Western District of Arkansas Federal Court, um, saying this meeting happened." People are now digging to see if that's even true. Why lie about it? Again, just trying to find something to stick. Okay. If yeah. you like, if you have a str- you have to have evidence of this. You know, if you have even the investigation, if this is a possibility, um, it it would stop the process. Like, if you had enough, not to necessarily. That's my paranoia. Oh yeah, but it's it's part of the legal system. It's you know, if there is enough of a cloud that the federal. Um, that federal charges could be pending, you, the process would then call into question if there was. Um, the issue is that they're not, nobody's even sure if this really exists yet. Like, or was it, there is, this is again, um, I have to laugh. Uh, you know, how many times on Facebook did you hear the words, I heard that, or, you know, Twitter, or, you know, I heard is not the best legal source or the best information oh, source. I know. I know. But it's one of those, people have called that into question. They think it's complete and total BS. It's made up. But your lie might delay it long enough to fight it. So um, the trouble is, this is where... Well, here's my, here's my contention, too. Who's the number one person... Or, I'm sorry, not person, but... Outside of Citizens for a Better Pope County, mm-hmm. who's leading the opposition and for why? For what reasons? Moralistic reasons. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, it, so basically what we're saying is that should we assume that these church people are liars? Because that's who's leading this. And how many preachers did you have to see come across that stage? That's another mm-hmm. thing I want to get into, man. <laughs> like Now we're getting into it. Uh, Crack those knuckles. Well, yeah. But how much of how much of what was going on on the browbeating moralistic argument of anti-casino did you see that does not need to fit into our bureaucratic process? Oh yeah, because like man, like just paying attention to all this, like yes, mayor, I don't care what the book of Second Samuel has to say. Like I read it when I was a teenager and a kid, and uh, you know I didn't yeah. care too much for it, so. Uh, I don't like hearing about it yeah. when you're saying about how marijuana is bad. When it's just, I want that eradicated, not because I'm an atheist, not because I'm an anti Christian, because it's clearly delineated. I think that that's supposed to be separate. Yes. I think this is where a office of communication would help. I would put out every press release dealing with the casinos, starting with the state constitution of Arkansas. 
says you shall grant a casino license in the state. But let's hear what all these preachers have to say about it. Yep. Come on down to the meeting. But here's the, this is where it's going to, you know, the casino issues brought a lot of new interest in politics to the table. You have a great running case, an example, like we always talk about teachable moments. The casino is a great one because it is. It's like this running, you know, year-long August odyssey of teaching moments. But it's not over yet. You're going into a new phase. I agree, yes. You, are, about that. you as a historian will appreciate this. Every time something new comes along, a new economic means or mode of production, it changes power structures. And people don't like change. Especially, especially around here. Yeah. I mean, just based off what we've seen mm-hmm. in the last... Uh, we'll just say this since you've lived here, since I've lived here. I mean, we yeah. haven't lived here. I but moved here in like, oh, what was it, 08, 09 yeah. from Clarksville. So, so we're I've been same. around. Yeah. But about this, I've been, yeah, I think right about now I'm celebrating 10 years of Russellville. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, you've seen this with history. You know, when you started to come up with... You know, the Hearst uh, family when newspapers were the biggest thing for 50 years. And then you came along with a little thing called television. And the power of the newspaper industry dropped, and the power of the ABC, NBC, and CBS came up. You know, the, uh, the automobile. You know. Digital media. Oh, okay, let's go full circle. Amazon. The re- there's a re- there is a realistic reason... Um, the president doesn't like Jeff Bezos, and that's because he has, within a generate, within his own lifetime, he's created a a absolutely monstrous new corporation that didn't, you know, I don't think it existed thirty years ago, and it ran in the red for a long time. Like a lot of these tech companies, basically scraped and struggled for a long time, and like Amazon's blown. I think Amazon's like one of the biggest corporations in the world now. It's I think up, it is the biggest. Yeah. Yeah, Walmart's in the top tens, you know, one of those. But Walmart's been around forever. It took what, you know, basically Amazon did in half the time the same thing Walmart did. So there's a little bit of professional jealousy kind of things going on with the president. But it's like, you know, I'm old enough. I don't, I remember, like, the tech, there was no tech industry. There was no Yahoo, Google, multi-billion, people, like, working in the garage, suddenly becoming billionaires. That changes the corporate power structure, changes the structure of power and politics. And what's happening... Well, think about Zuckerberg, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, just a college student, and then... Yeah. Now. Yes. He controls everybody's data. Um, But the issue you get... Even if we got the worst, the smallest casino that anybody offered... You're gonna you're dropping all new employees, all new revenue streams, and a new economic structure in Russellville. Do you think uh, just along the s- County same lines, a lot of the local old guard type folks that have been involved in local politics, uh, whether you're on the side of opposition, whatever, do you think there is a demographic and generational change at the cusp of about the happening in our state politics where I mean oh I got a couple yeah I got a couple answers for that if those who know me my biggest one of the things Arkansas I think struggles with is perception you know I remember we were hey we're getting ready to move to Arkansas um, and we were living in the outskirts of Washington, D.C., you know, if you want a sitcom idea for a culture shock. Where, whereabouts were you? I was just having Ossie Bowles in Alexandria a few weeks ago. Uh, Northwest, it's called Rockville, Rockville, Maryland. 
Okay. Northwest um, of the of the district, but you know. Uh, I had got the job interview at Arkansas Tech. I've been hired, all that sort of great stuff. And my, you know, my wife is telling her employers and stuff like, like the professors got it. Like when you want to be a, you know, PhD, you want to find a tenure track job. You're looking all across the country, you know. Arkansas, they didn't even flinch. But my wife was working at a tech job basically at the time, and people were like, you know. Um, I'm going to be working remotely. We're going to be re- relocating to Arkansas. And somebody's like, well, don't they have dysentery in Arkansas? Oh. <laughs> well, I was like, well, they got drive-by shootings in Washington, D.C., so I wouldn't, you know. Well, we'll take our chances down there. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I've had a gr- I love Russellville. I've had a great experience. That's good. That's the good to hear. Time. If any time I have ever had a problem with a person in Russellville, they have typically been a... I'd say 60 and over, and probably 65 or over. There is a massive generational difference. Yes, agreed. The Trump, now, here's the trouble where it gets into politics. Who is running a lot of the politics is people 60, 65 and older who are kind of set in their ways. Or what we've seen in the past is they ally mm-hmm. with people. Um, so, for example, without getting into any names, a younger guy who's no longer living, mm-hmm. uh, not not super younger, maybe around your age, maybe, mm-hmm. give or take, uh, had aligned with an older in their 70s member of the city council and had bought a bunch of land together. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like that sort of back-end stuff. It's like, oh, you're on the city council and you block this stuff over here from coming in because you own this land with this guy and... Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Con- the there, con- conflicts of interest again. Here's a thing I've run into. I think Russellville may be worse for real estate speculation than other places. Because I have to realize a line I am not allowed to use anymore is I've lived here 10 years and. Um, but as long as I've lived here, there's been speculation that certain things are coming. Like, I was interviewing for my job here, and it's, you know, now we're 10 and a half years ago. People have had dream projects for 10 years, and none of it has shown up. Yes. We're road development. When I had my job interview, they were talking a Target Plaza. And yeah, that, that, that is actually, dude, exactly what I was referencing. Yeah. Right? That was all over they, a city council person, uh, owned they, a lot of that land with somebody. and It was, it, I was, they said it, it was coming February, it was Friday the 13th, February of 2009. They were saying they're talking about this here, um, an intermodal um, transportation hub south of Russellville, north of Dardanelle, train lines, connection. They've they been talking about and a convention center. All three of those things have been people's dreams and fantasies. As long as I've so, oh, well, I mean, dude, but, here's the thing: we're getting taxed for some of the stuff that oh, you yeah. just mentioned and this convention center and my my question is and you may know this like what's going to happen to that tax fund <laughs> when this casino builds us a convention center that's going to be the trick and the problem the mayor in the mayor your Drew Brent episode you're talking about the mayor debate so go yeah. back and talk about that it, that topic came up the money is they're going to have to have multiple public elections about what to do with the money. You know, basically, yeah, you've been saving, there's millions of dollars in this account. That's why I said these are, and this is the city money. They've been trying to get this for years. The way the mayor, and I think it was the current mayor who actually, you know, wound up winning, 
you'd have to have one election to say, hey, we save this money. It is not, we don't need to spend it. We need to reallocate it. First election. Then you might need to have, the way he described it, my memory is not as accurate. Then you have to have a second election about where the money goes. So this is the thing, this is a long-term, you know, if you're getting a convention center, you better start now because you may not be able to do anything with that money. Um, in 2020, you can have your two elections without spending extra money to figure it out. But you better get on your horse because you got to have it ready by about February of 2020. Yeah. But it's, yeah, there's, um, it's going to be really interesting to watch play out. One thing you brought up, the economic agreement that you saw does not earmark money for Russellville. The worst case scenario, no, they don't have to give Russellville anything. Now, there's, if you notice, there are some Russellville entities getting money. I did notice that. I was curious. I think Crow, uh, Crow Mountain Fire Department was 800 large. I think that's going to be, don't be surprised if that's the finest. You know, they just built a really nice new uh, firehouse downtown in Russellville. I think Crow Mountain, because it's going to be right there. Yeah. Um, they're going to have a really nice new fire department. Um, but there's like... A, I like how they're making sure that's outside of the city. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was a big speculation is like, well, you need to build a new fire department in the city. Oh, yeah. And it, it just seems, and everybody's kind of said this, said this in, in uh, this whole situation, is that it, it looks like yes. the county played Russellville out of the equation. I don't think played... Or Russellville played themselves out of the equation due to how our... I think the second one may be more accurate. Now, I think I'm a little sympathetic to the mayor. I'm not at all. Well... Only because I've had other dealings with him, and he has no idea what he's doing. Mine was that I really, really wish Mayor Horton would have won just because... I mean, this is like a generational-changing decision. Which casino are we bringing in? You're doing all that on top of a guy who just got the job, who's an engineer by training. And he's trying to figure out how to be a mayor on top of, oh, by the way, here comes all, you know. Horrible, horrible for whoever it is. Horrible for Cross, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Cross, I think, has got another, like, 10 months. I mean, he's got, like, six or seven months extra experience. Um, and yes, the, the voters of Arkansas did cross no favors when they said it's one person. Cross could have ignored the entire quorum court. He could have just, you know, woke, woke up, wrote a letter, done. But I think the way they approached it, you know, was probably best. But I think the mayor's trying to figure the job out, just how to be a mayor. And oh, by the way, you've got to make... Man, I don't want people up against that in mm. local office. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know how to do the job, don't run, bro. Or you know what I'm saying? Oh, and yeah. it's like, uh, but, you know, you have no background, really, in yeah. leadership. You have no background in politics. Yeah. You probably cannot explain to me the, I, the civics, uh, how ba- the basics of how this government is to function locally. Yeah. So why should you even run for that job other than this well, group of people wants you to? That's the thing. I think it's interesting. Harris was a city councilman. 
so he did have some experience, but you know he was. I don't. I don't know if he decided not to run again or what the. I thought I, okay, so I didn't know he was on the city council. Yeah, so I were, that that changed a little I bit. Re- but I thought that because there's another there's Sean Harris and then there's another Harris on the city council, that, right? I don't know. I think she may be off for the mayor's race. There was I called them you know male Harris and female Harris. There was two Harrises on the ballot, um, and male got through to the second round because it was confused. I know what the debate it was. <laughs> you know, Drew was having to make sure to get the right Harris called upon. Um, but no, I know um, the current mayor was on the city council. Do you remember maybe three or four years ago they were trying to figure out where and how to do to better regulate food trucks? There's a yes. lot of them around. They have some great food, um, but there was nothing in like the health and safety codes for food trucks. You open a restaurant, it's covered, but you open like El Noah Noah food truck, great burritos, you know. They were set up next to like an abandoned warehouse um, and stuff like that. He was um, our current mayor was one of the guy, one of the people trying to push that forward. Um, but it's all of a sudden, but it's it's different being a councilman versus a mayor. And that's the trouble. You're a council. You represent, yeah. You don't represent Ward One anymore. Yeah, you, you represent everybody. Um, well, and t- but it's yeah. the trouble is I don't. I don't know how much I would. It's one of those. There's great communications that I would love that I don't know if they exist, but I would really love to have. Like one of the biggest ones I would love is from the Racing Commission to Judge Cross, because they made it at the. I you mean, you're saying you want to have all those emails. You want to be able to read any correspondence that took place between those two people. That should be open public record. We should oh, yeah. be able to go to that right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, because the Racing Commission at their July meeting. In open discussion, you can go look at the video. They said, Judge Cross, this local ordinance is unconstitutional. Make a decision like it doesn't exist. And it's one of those things. The state wants the casino revenue. Because this thing is going to draw people out of Oklahoma. It's going to draw people down seven. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, they want the revenue stream from these four casinos once they open. That's why they're already, they got shovels to the ground in three places already. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, but I would love to see them where they say you need to do this because I think this is again the communication thing. If I were Judge Cross, I would just come out and say, "Look, um, right after that, the Gaming Commission said that," and I would say, "We just had this communication. You can go watch the video. We cannot just say no. We need to make a decision because a lot of this discussion was we want local control, local control, Judge Cross." kept local control and chose in what his opinion and the quorum court's decision was the best of the choices. That's why I think some people are saying whether it's there's any truth there or not that he kind of played. But, dude, uh, he's probably going to get reelected now because of how he played it, I would estimate, right? I don't see enough people hating him mm-hmm. because he really played him. He, he, I think he played the cards right. In that... Given the hand he was dealt, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because here I am, pro casino, and you were painted to me as the one person who's not, you know. Yeah. But then also, the only thing that looks fishy is like, I honestly take all those JPs out and all their conflicts of interest and everything, I would have been much happier with it if he would have had the one say. Mm -hmm. But I think that that was a political maneuver so he could get reelected. Nah, I think... 
Because he could have had the final say the whole time. And it now it looks que- – it's in question because one JP mm-hmm. was for it. And if you're – JP is just the PC. Anybody yeah. doesn't know is listening. I keep saying that. Uh, uh, but it, now, and now then it's like out of nowhere, out of nowhere in one week, mm-hmm. it went from all opposed, one, four, to, well, these seven people. Well, see, that's what I would love to hear the conversations between the state and who basically sort of cleared um, that election was the was the sort of the the wrench in all of this having another vote because I think that's that's the one thing I do remember Judge Cross was really clear about. He said having the second vote, thirty five grand. Oh yeah, I know. And it's like don't spend that. Oh no, and he, that's what they said. It's like you know. I, he'd originally said, well, if we vote on it again, it's going to be March 2020. We'll just, we can lump it in with the presidential primary. You know, we don't spend any more money. But if you want a special election, and they basically, you know, they didn't need it. The local ordinance was unconstitutional. And that um, you can't re-vote on it. Who was the, uh, was it Citizens for a Better Pope County that was backing the local ordinance? Or where did that come I from? I believe so. That These groups. Um, Who in our local politics is involved with that group? Don't know off the top of my head. That's fun- another thing I've been thinking a lot about. Is like, is it Harris? Is it, who who in the well mm-hmm. is a part of that opposition group? Here's the funny thing. I think don't be surprised if the left hand and the right hand don't talk to one another. I could. It's one of those things. Well, one, it's, I would. It would be the old money and the old power structure elements of Russellville. Like somebody brought it up. I know I saw it go through. Um, there's sort of an old millionaire who lives around here. He built a hospital. Uh, not, yes, I've been I, I can't remember the name. Now, the one thing I had is I saw the, this article that somebody shared, mm. like the original article. talking shit about businesses here. He didn't really want to live here or something like that. Well, he was, the article was dated like, it's one of those things you're getting old when you realize that things on the internet, this was dated like 14 years ago. And it's like, yeah, he might've been shady 14 years ago, but can you got anything more recent? Yeah, I didn't see the date of the article. Yeah. That's, that's, um, I just saw screenshots. Yeah. People were putting screenshots everywhere. But it's, you know, if oh, that's a good example. How many really, think of it this way, how many really nice houses are north of Russellville, between Russellville and Dover? There's a lot of really nice ones. You know, guess what? You're about to drop a casino into the midst of all that. Mm-hmm. I got two friends, you know, McMillan lives up on Crow Mountain. That casino is probably but his backyard. Yeah, uh, oh, a friend of mine, Aaron from the print shop, he just bought uh, some out uh, towards Crow Mountain, and is definitely like he go, he drives Conway to work every day. Yep, and he is going to pass it every day oh, when yeah. he gets on the interstate. You know, oh yeah, that was part of one of the things in the run up that really annoyed the snot out of me was um, other municipalities and other places talking about looking at this, that, and the other thing. Basically, it was a foregone conclusion. This thing's going on I forty. They want visibility as you're driving. Perfectly logical, man. They want, and um, I forget where it was somebody brought up, Exit 83 in particular. Because if you notice, when you get to 84, you've got all the lights and, you know, you've got like Lowe's and stuff like that. And you see the gas stations and McDonald's and stuff like that. In 81, you get kind of the same thing. You know, you see tech in the distance and that sort of thing. Drive by I-83 after dark. Where's I-83? Or, I'm sorry, Exit 83. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Between yes. the two. It's like there's not a single Yeah, line. I know. That That's weird a- road exit's a joke, man. Oh, yeah. I get off there a lot of mornings. Uh, if It depends on if I... I go to work typically before Midtown opens, so some mornings 
I'll either hit Big Cup in Moralton. That's the on-campus coffee shop, which is good. They have a in town, but I will uh, stop and hit Starbucks. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's it'll be right there. It'll be right there, and we do, man. I'll, and if you look around, that's why. Oh, oh, on both sides of the interstate, that land has been getting cleaned up and developed. New street over here. It, this well, it's uh, you talk about it, it's visual impact, like. You want people to come in, and you want it to make a good first impression. Curb appeal, infrastructure. And it's, but it's, I think you see this everywhere. I remember seeing it in cities and stuff like that. But you have it in Russellville where you go block to block, house to house. It's like cool, ugh, you know, me, eh. You know, I think we've set it down, you know, where the gym is at. Like, you're good. If you want a good example of land speculation, people are speculate, speculating around, you know, the location of Force of 2.0 as long as, long as I've been here. You know, you're you are a block off of Parkway Drive. Parkway Drive has sidewalks, bicycle lanes. They've got like spots cut out for like you know driveways and stuff like that. And you watch the you know the signs have changed over the years. You see one realtor sells it, another realtor buys it, but they've speculate on that sort of thing, or it's an investment. You know, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to hold it. Little luck, somebody comes along. These build. I've been telling people, build the suite, uh, build the suit signs, build the suite. Build your suite to suit. Build your build to suit signs are a joke. Oh yeah, because like they they've been setting up all over the community ever since I've lived here, and it's like now I know why no one is building to suit. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 red tape and the it just, oh yeah you can't. It, it's not like it's not set up mm-hmm. for success of people who want to do things here that are not already family ass loaded with money. Mm-hmm. Like you keep talking about power structures and old money and this and that, and it's like very realistically, it's like if you do, if you're not from a family that is backing you, you are not going to get things done around here. And talk about finding that out the hard way. Mm-hmm. Core and I just need to sit down and do a podcast over all of the stuff <laughs> because I, I'm just really trying, and I'm not going to dox anybody. Yeah, but I've been also like, what can I say and not say about who? Mm-hmm. And not not worry about watching my back or yeah. worry about any doxing related because there's about five people that are connected to two businesses that I'm going to and I already tell everybody don't go talk to those people yeah and I will say that for the rest of my life oh yeah you know what I'm saying and it's and I'm and that's just now it's just it's conversations but it's like when we get the other side of this move and we get the other side of this building being bought. Mm-hmm. The propaganda machine of of what I'm gonna do in retribution is gonna oh, yeah. be he's gonna kick up. I think that's gonna be one of the the interesting power structures when you bring in a casino, you'll bring in other businesses, but you're also bringing in more money. And I would not like you talk about Russellville and this all this weirdness. If I had to guess, you could, the city council members who are an, clearly anti casino, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a super PAC created. You know, how much do you think, you know, any of the mayor city council spend on their on their campaigns? Probably not that much. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, especially if they keep being so like all this talk about we're, we're going to incorporate in the city. No, you ain't. Unless you've got a billion, you know, you talk about, oh, this millionaire, that millionaire, you know, Cherokee could drop a billion dollars and lobby and elect anybody they want. What do you if, think about the Jerry Jones connection on all this? We haven't oh, mentioned I, that at all. I mean, and his wife is from Dardanelle. Uh huh. It makes well. It's um, I know we get in our you know Arkansas Tech University 
publications. Who illegally rezoned my property, by the way? Let's throw that in as hashtag. I know they're your employer, but maybe if there was some type of place like what you're talking about for communications, like Uh the mayor and everybody at our meeting admitted that our property was illegally rezoned. Yeah, and they can't fix it. Well, it's I had the same thing happen in my house when I first moved here. We bought the house. uh, They changed. This I think this was the county assessor's office, but same problem. Um, I got my my first real estate. Uh, they re-evaluated my property. I got a really good deal when we bought our house. Yes, I remember you kind of elaborating yeah, that. They gave us, but they they basically taxed it on what its true value was. Like it was, you know, it was an estate sale. It was on the market forever. So we got a really good list price, and but it was below like market value. Mm-hmm. So we got a notice that they were sort of correcting it. You know, and it's just like a hundred or two hundred dollars a year. It's not a huge amount, but we got the notice like forty-eight hours before we had to have an appeal turned in. You know, imagine like Wednesday. I got mine, and this was actually not even on the tech rezoning. This is on a second rezoning. Uh-huh. We got it after the meeting already took place. Yeah, it's but it's this is most problems in politics are not policy; they are process. That's it. Well, I mean, Change. dude, most problems in business are that way. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's like you don't have the process to do that. Create the process, your problem goes away. Yeah. Well, it's, um, there's an old um, Congress axiom. If I can control process and you control policy, who do you think gets what they want and who do you think wins every time? Not you. When you control pro- – I always joke about it. This is how I explain it in American government. You've played Monopoly, right? Yes. How many different weird set of house rules have you played with? Do you got to go around the board once before you start buying property? Do you have to start buying right away? How many does, times- this, does finger circle have to be below the waist or the shoulder? Exactly. Now, um, hey, we, we talked about this. Let's go full circle. This is a jujitsu problem. When you start talking about what are the rule sets, what are... Do you want to do self-defense or IBJJF rules? Do you do leg locks? Do you wear white geese? Do you have yeah. to wear a guest belt? Uh, okay, we, I think there was just... Um, I saw combat jiu-jitsu's coming up again. Do you want to have open hands? You know, can you pimp slap your opponent when they try to put you in half guard and just stall? But here's the thing. Process shapes behavior. When you... Whatever the rule set is, you're going to read it, you're going to shape your strategy accordingly. You know, if you're a big leg locker and they say no leg locks, well, okay, I've got a whole other arsenal i got to go to. You know, but that's the process. You know, um, oh, a big one. How long's the match? Two, five, ten, twenty minutes. No limit. Your strategy, you know, how you play the game will change because you want to get the outcome. And that's, the, that's what happens with process. Like, if you were given three, you know, if you're sent three letters 90 days before the rezoning, um, and, the, and, they ha- and here's one that annoys me, does the official sending that letter have a copy? They couldn't provide us shit, man. I asked for everything for months. I'm like, you have to have the letter on file. Like, you would certainly hope so, but that's... That process, more problems and successful lawsuits come from not following the due process. 
Like if they could say, look, we sent you this letter in you know February, March, and April, and we rezoned in May. Well, there are clear. There's a clear list of steps to follow, and it's a lot. And oh, it, yeah. and it's no surprise why an institution like Arkansas Tech or the city or anybody doesn't mm-hmm. follow it because it's you do have multiple yeah. methods of contact signage. Um, yep. announcements in local newspapers, and they very rarely ever do any of it. Yeah. and it's But the trouble is that how much... This is one of the ones where, like, with the marijuana dispensary, how much can you afford to pay to fight and win? You know, that was... Um, basically, once, you know, with the marijuana dispensary, the state constitution says you will allow them, you have to follow the same rules as... Um, a normal, like a CVS. Um, went through the planning commission vote, 8090, no, no problem. Got to city council, 4 4 4 against, add one abstention, so it failed. Um, the, the mayor said, you know, again, sort of said, you know, for moral reasons, can't support this. Um, and then in about two weeks, they, got the, they realized that you're fighting to change the state constitution of Arkansas. Again, and you're but you're talking a hundred thousand dollar price tag, win or lose. Now imagine having you know if you talk about not getting reelected, I fought the state constitution of Arkansas over medical marijuana. I could not raise. Basically, no Russellville police officers got a raise, no Russellville school district teachers got a raise, and I lost. And it's going to be on the ballot in 2020. It's probably going to pass recreational legality. That's my speculation. That's not a bad one. Hey, uh, have you seen tech- the measures that are going on the 2020 ballot for this? I haven't seen it yet, but it makes it, perfect sense. It's it's a it's like a combination of what's going on in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, is so it's for full medical recreational and for the expungement of records. Ooh. So it's they've tacked that on. It's. It's above and beyond what it was in what was it twenty sixteen when it passed? When we got yes. so and, and that's another thing. It's like twenty sixteen we said patients can get their medicine, but twenty eighteen in our community I think it was, sorry, you're still shit out of luck, patient. Yeah. You don't well, get you don't get your cancer drug. It's called the slow roll. Like I know Governor this this is a weird legal area, but Governor Hutchinson slow rolled this as much as he possibly could. Like I think they only started opening in northwest Arkansas this calendar year. Uh, yeah. Well, and two, the, you know, most of the dispensaries um, are up against it still, like of the initial oh, yeah. phases of trying to uh, the oversight. And then, you know, you have to cross your eyes, Dutch T's, but, you oh, know, yeah. the local government, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you know, you, you people are bad for society because, you, you know, even though you only service cancer patients. Yeah. You know, like, I just oh, yeah. don't get it. If, if it was recreational, I could get it. But it's <laughs> like, have you seen someone with Parkinson's put uh, put marijuana drops under their tongue, put cannabis oil under their tongue, like it's or a kid with seizures? It mm. blows my mind, man. Oh yeah. And like, I didn't even know. I'm just, dude, I'm just this like, is, yeah. Like, let people do what they want. You're not the safeguard of my consciences. Oh no. You know, you're yeah. You as the historian, you go find the old black and white movie Reefer Madness. Hundreds of billions. Yeah, I'm seeing it. And it's like, that is still this mindset. Um, and it's been that way. We've had the war on drugs forever. Lot, my Talk entire- about a sinkhole for tax dollars. Oh, yeah. But it's like, you know, people figured out, like, you know, it's medicinal purposes. 
And hell, for recreational and tax revenue, I, was like, I wasn't kidding. You know, the state of Colorado taxes it like at 19%. You know, that is a massive revenue stream. Um, you know, especially it becomes like um, like Colorado. They, I think they called it like uh, marijuana tourism. Oh, yes, yes. And that, that I will say, and uh, it, it not being... Sitting, and, you know, my, my scheming is like, our, you know, hey, we got to... Imagine a casino and like a weed bar next door. Well, I think marijuana tourism but, is bad. I think that I think that that is one of the only yeah. arguments people have come up with that it does have some real implications. It's like, yes, you're totally right mm-hmm. because you you the federal government have kept it federally legal. Yeah, people will drive to that state or any state because there's where you're how interfe- many states now? Yeah, and then they will drive back yeah. to their state. So yeah, I could go buy a pound in Colorado, come back and. Yeah, I mean, or just like think about all the pre- it is it, the the marijuana tourism is it, people are moving to Colorado for those reasons too, mm-hmm. and it's like then you get also like well, if I had somebody with a major medical condition, I'd you know be, that, I'd but be think that. about um, migrations of just people that's like smoking weed. Oh yeah, like you know what I'm saying, like hell yeah, I'm moving to California or or wherever it is that mm-hmm. just so I can smoke weed legally. Yeah, like that goes on too. And are any of those people homeless or criminals and stuff like that? Some people argue that. I don't know. But it's it's tax money leaving one state and going to another. It's like well, what we, we're talking about with digital online sales and all this stuff, too. I was thinking alcohol sales. Blackwell. They, we, Drew and I talked about that, yeah. Yeah, they've been trying to change alcohol laws and what county stuff like that, both Pope County and what is Clarksville, Clarksville in? What county Johnson. Is that? Johnson County. Yeah. You know. There's, I have to admit, when I was at Slippery Rock, I made money off of, you know, the they call it the temperance belt. You still have wet counties, dry counties that run. Pennsylvania was one of them. Is, was and is. Pennsylvania's almost done, like the last bastion. But it, it's basically like this curve that runs from Pennsylvania down through Texas, where it's heavily limited. It was weirdest when I was in D.C. Because I was in Maryland. There's the District of Columbia and Virginia. They're all within, like, a stone's throw of each other. Like, um, in Maryland, you had beer distributors. You want to buy beer, you got to go to one store. You want to buy hard liquor and wine, you go to a state store. Right across the, the Potomac, one of the rivers, you're going to CVS, and you can buy beer, wine, and hard liquor. Like, everybody's, I think somebody shared it, like, wow, you could buy beer at Dollar General, in some places you can. Dude, I remember <laughs> when I first time I went into a Missouri Walmart and saw that they had like a whole wing, like a whole room with alcohol in it, man. Like oh, yeah. separate sliding doors and like you come in from the outside and go into there. It's like a garden center setup, you know? Like, oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. My- They're selling beer at Walmart in Missouri. Like I, I literally was growing up in Arkansas. With, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I was like 19 years old. I, I just blew my mind seeing beer in Walmart. Mine oddly was... Uh, it's a grocery store chain, Michigan, called Meyer, like M-E-I-J-E-R. Um, same, thi- same thing, Walmart, but um, I went there, you know, I was used to Pennsylvania. I was 19 when I was at home, so I knew, you know, all the limitations and stuff like that. When I was in the Army, we had um, beer, store, beer, wine, and liquor in stores on, on post, so I never, I never actually bought a whole lot well, man, that's... In North Carolina. Uh, but we went there, and it's like, there's an entire... Like, it is a... Yeah, you called it. It is its own... Like, this place is huge. And, like, a third of it is three... And it's bar, by the way, it's right by the University of Michigan. So they're geared for beer, but there is an entire aisle of beer, an entire aisle of wine, and an entire aisle of hard liquor. 
Why and do I you think they like, kept that stuff on post for you, though, is the, the real heart of the thing. It's like, <laughs> because, man, I don't Cost- want people driving to Blackwell to get, to get alcohol. And, like, man, I've oh, heard no. several people be like, yeah, you know, if I was driving five minutes from my house to get it down the, on, the, on the corner, I wouldn't drink it on the way home. Oh, we could. But since I have to drive 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of my day to go get some alcohol... I'm drinking on the way home. Like I've heard a bunch oh, yeah. of people say that, and I'm like, holy shit. Well, I see that when I go to buy. They've got the little like ice barrels and like individuals. Like, yeah, that's probably not the best. Well, that's the thing. That's a generational thing, too. Like, I remember growing up, I remember um, driving with my like ex-stepfather, and he, there was, I remember once or twice, he had beer, like an open beer in the car while we're driving. You know, he'd be in his 70s now. So that's a big generational gap, but uh, oh, it still goes on, man. Well, the funny, yeah, the funny part of it is though, it, um, whenever you get off work, it's you know, I think my uh, company was about eighty or ninety people. The minute you get released at five thirty in the afternoon, oh, know, everybody goes upstairs, and I would say at least half a dozen guys are making the beer run straight. We had like a PX straight across the street. Didn't have to drive anywhere. I mean, they didn't have as big a selection, but you can get cases of Coors Light, you know. Without even having to get into a car, you know, forty-five second walk each way. You, uh, you ever listen to Todd Snyder? What's it's that? a it's a guy that sings. Uh, it's kind of a folk music. Uh, Michael Booty turned turned me on to him. I've he, seen this. Yeah, he's got a song. He's there's out another Todd beer, beer Run, and it's hilarious. There's another Todd Snyder does movies. Like he, um, Todd Snyder's a director. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think uh, what is it? Trying to remember, I ran into Todd Snyder as he was getting. He made a fish documentary called Bittersweet Motel, and he got to follow the band around and was sort of. This oh, is this might man. be twenty or twenty. Oh God, we're getting old. We don't talk about fish on this podcast, sir. I'm just kidding. We're yes, kidding. but but, but, uh, but Panic but, fans, they don't like fish. I know. We've, I've never even. Just, I mean, really, honestly, any Trey Anastasia I've heard is is pretty good. I mean, yeah. if, it's just it's just weird tribalism. I've seen it. Like I joke, I'm I'm a an out. I'm a big Van Halen fan. But the weird thing about that tribalism is either you are a Sammy fan or you are a Dave fan, and you're not allowed to respect uh, both. Don't you be listening to Chicken Foot either. No, no. But I, I, dude, I love Chicken Foot. Oh, I think yeah. they rock, man. Oh, yeah. But it's like you got you, you have to pick one. It's like if you've seen Seinfeld, you have to wear the ribbon. You know, yes, that's sort it's been of, a long time, but yes. It's oh, like... McMillan's calling me. Uh, He's calling back later. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's... Um, I was thinking about it. If you want to understand the weirdness of local politics, you got to go watch Parks and Rec. There is an episode called Sex Education. It is both, it is hysterical, slightly disturbing, but it captures moralistic life in a small town pretty quickly. Um, the, The characters work for the Parks and Rec department, but they do a lot with like health and outreach. The episode, there is a chlamydia outbreak in Pawnee's elderly population. So a bunch of people our age have to go do sex ed to old people. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Start, start with that setup. But then about five or six minutes into the episode, the, moral, the city moral code enforcers show up, played sort of over the top. Um, and that was – but it, it captured – but then they get into what's the law say, stuff like that. I think it's season three or four. But it when you watch that episode, like that show was was always good, but teaching politics and especially like small town politics, there's a lot of stuff that they really nail. That you're like, I've seen. Is, is Parks and Rec still on uh, uh, Netflix? 
Uh, I wa- yes, I know some of the seasons at least. Are. We have Hulu is where we watch, but absolutely seasons. Um, it really explodes about halfway through season two because that's when they bring in Rob Lowe um, as the new city manager. He's they they basically just something really clicked, you know. Um, but I mean, there's great episodes in season two in particular. Season one's you know was only six episodes, but that episode alone captures a lot of this. And the trouble is, it's like, you know, fiction's great because it doesn't necessarily attack people, but the longer you do this, you realize that what they show in that episode is only like 1% fiction and you can drop that into how many, you know, small towns, middle, you know, there's always somebody talking about some form of moral decay in every community. Like, we're going to open a casino and we're getting strip cut. Strip clubs. Somebody's, you know, it's like... Dude, I mean... Oh, God. What is mind-blowing to me? And uh, let's kind of, like, start wrapping it up on this because I think I'm going to have to help Corey put the groceries away in a moment. But, like, what would you say Republicans stand for? Well, I think you have to split. There's Republicans... Conservatives. Conservatives. Less government involvement in people's lives? Ideally, yes. Oh, because it's kind of around here, it's those people that are effing everything up and being more involved in my life. Yeah, I know for... This is something I need to sort of dig into. Any political ideology that I've run into has logical inconsistencies. And I think you do see... You know, that's one example, you know. Less government, you know, we believe in lower taxes, less government, less government involvement, stuff like that, except, and then they list off a couple of things. Like on a national level, it's like smaller government, lower taxes, but we have the, you know, we spend a lot more under Republicans and Democrats for national defense. The Democrats and liberals have the exact same thing. I have, I just haven't sat down and really sort of thought, you know, I believe in government, I believe in, you know, higher taxes, except... You know, there's always there's always logical inconsistencies. Yeah. You know, especially if you look at these things over time, you know, things change. Well, it does like uh, Southern Democrats, for example, like in the time of LBJ. I'm fascinated by that stuff, though. And it's it is it's like maybe we're in a time like a lot of people make the argument that like if you look back at Bill Clinton, you're like, man, dude was conservative as all get out. Oh, yeah. But but, you know, that's only in comparison to today's liberal. Oh, yeah. Or today's Democrat or whatever you but want to say. But that gave him appeal on a nationwide to be able to get the nomination. You know, people, like, worry, you know, I'm getting in my brain around, I've got 18 or 19 Democrats trying to become president, and I'm not going to learn half of them just because... But you get this whole political spectrum. You've got everything from, you know, as liberal as far out left as you... Like, Bernie Sanders is going, man, that's a liberal. Um, everywhere to like the middle of the political spectrum, but there's you know there's so many people and there's because there's so many differences of opinion. But as the historian, the one thing we're getting ready for is we're at a we're about due for a political party ideological shakeup. The last big one, it was kind of the trail end of Southern realignment when all the Southerners realized you didn't have to be Democrats. You know, we could become independents. Then, you know, Reagan came along and said, you know, the Christian conservatives moved into the Republican Party. We're still seeing that. Well, it's it's pretty close to there. But 
in U.S. history, political party systems are consistent for about 30 or 40 years. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Every 30 or 40 years, you've got a pretty normal system, and then something happens, you scramble the system and start over. That's, yeah, that's... The last one was Reagan in 80, 80, 81. That's when he brought Christian conservatives in, stuff like that. Guess what? Start doing the math. We're at 36, almost 40 years after Reagan. You know, and people are really disapproving of both political parties. I mean, the Democrats, you know, are doing a whole lot better. But, uh, you know, we're at a point where people are frustrated, alienated with both sides of the political party. Uh, that's, I mean, that's where I'm at, honestly. Yeah. So let's, let's wrap up with this. Like, what are your thoughts on Bernie this go-around? Oh. Um, for, for being the Democratic nominee for uh, the party, I, he, for the president. He's definitely got the name-brand recognition. He's going to have to fight the ageism, you know. I mean, shit, if John McCain could do it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, John McCain is older than Bernie, was he not? Oh, yeah, but I think you were... Um, Bernie's a good example of how politics moves towards the candidate. Like, Bernie was too left-wing in 2016... But like the whole Democratic it's Party, shifted, yes, they ran him. You know, he was way out on the left end. He's in the middle of that spectrum now. Oh yeah, and it's that's a, you know, okay. Let, let's go really wrap it up. It's jujitsu. Timing is everything. You got the right message at the wrong time, and you're going to do okay. You got the right message at the right time. That's a great metaphor, dude. So I know. tell people that all the time. Like you do the right technique at the wrong time, it ain't going to work. Yeah. So, but. So. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting... I just keep saying that, man. It's a very interesting time to be around because things are shaking up and changing more than ever technologically, politically, oh, yeah. socially, uh, diversity-wise. I mean, it's we're living in the midst of a majorly and massively historic time period of the digital age in which, man, maybe this is what it was like in a way when the printing press came out. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think that but I like think everything, that, it, the digital... that changed power because mm-hmm. you know the power was the church, I'm and sure if you were did. making you know how long for how many centuries had the church? Oh, hand- eighty years before Martin Luther, they burned somebody at the stake for having the think, same ideas. I'm thinking the churches would manufacture the Bible, they would, but they would handcraft it. It would be individuals. And once the printing press comes around, they can mass produce it, but they can also mass produce anything else. Yes. So changing technology changes the message. Oh, yeah, these, you know, we're just living, I think it's happening faster with the digital age, but it's still happening. That's, a, yeah, the digital age is a fascinating time. I think that I tell my students this all the time, like particularly when I teach Civ too, but it's like there's the printing press and the Internet, and you need to think about them similar in scope. Oh, yeah. And we, don't, we don't talk about post-Internet. I mean, I get... I do a segment on 45 to present in that Civ 2 class. When I start getting into US 2, I will get to go more down that uh, down yeah. that rabbit hole, I think. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if I'll teach you. I'll probably wait until next fall to teach US 2, honestly. I've yeah. developed um, Arkansas, US 1, and Civ 1 and 2 so far. I just have... That let US two left to develop, and I may over time look into developing American government course. No, whatever you lose your mind and decide you want to come to the dark side in American government, come on down. Oh, dude, you'll be we'll, you'll we'll, we'll sit, we'll talk. You'll be my Papa Bear to bike and Derek Rowley, man. You, you got to buy the beer. That's the only requirement. Uh, d- deal. And I would say don't do it. Don't start it until January of twenty twenty one. Man, I'm wanting to start it. It's go- I want to get that US developed. Yeah, and I, it'll be the last course I develop. I think that. 
in the next few years, we won't have anybody to teach it as well. Like, we just stopped offering geography, mm-hmm. like, because we didn't have anybody to teach it. And I'm just like, well, we just don't need geography for <laughs> students here at the community college. Uh, you know, and I, well, I that's not a course I'm going to ge- be. Part of it, I know from us, is geography is one of the, geography and history is one of the biggest things they're being able to get college credit for in high school. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Well, let's um, see. That's American the thing. government, not quite, as, not nearly as much. We have tons of students. I was telling somebody this at the coffee house earlier that get their associate's degree by the time they graduate. But like, I've no, I don't know if I've gotten anybody that far. But I've had somebody walk on the campus like they've never taken a class at Arkansas Tech, and they are a sophomore in credit hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they've nailed all the four of the history classes. They've nailed the geography, both English comp classes, sometimes their math. A lot of a lot of our students we get like that end up going to UCA. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's like, like it was you could take a couple. You might take comp and college algebra when I was in high school. But now these, these high school students yeah. in 10th grade, 9th grade even sometimes, they're taking those courses. Then they're doing a summer class, maybe a night class, and by the time they get out of high school, they have an associate's degree. And I'm just like, yeah, holy crap. Oh, yeah. Like that. It, I mean, good, good thing I decided to get a master's because apparently there's a bunch of 18-year-olds out there with associate's degrees. Like oh, yeah. Two years away from having a bachelor's, the amount of time it would normally take you to get a master's yeah. Or to get an undergraduate, rather, to get a master's if you're an incoming mm-hmm. freshman, but yeah. you're actually a sophomore. Exactly. Yeah. That's so we're a junior. Yeah, we're seeing a lot. Well, I see a lot of that, um, especially for those um, knocking out a lot of general education. You know, they're showing up. Well, we're big, man, gen eds, and I'm like, that's the department I teach in, obviously, but they're huge. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, well, that's what everybody's, you know, gen ed pays the bills. It's, yeah. It supports your yeah. upper level class habits. It, it does, man. I'm, I um, I hope over time we are able to implement and add some more upper level stuff. So yeah, um, we have well, like he, a new South class and stuff, but they just they're not in the business of offering anything but intros, really. Oh yeah, but if there's you could do a lot of fun stuff at two thousand level too. You know, doing Amer- like an American political film class or U.S. history and film. Like I know, oh that'd be awesome. I love I love Jeff Pearson. But going to a movie that has any kind of historical context is always risky. Like I know, what's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio? He finally won the Oscar for uh, the Remnant, uh, the Rev, the Revenant. Yeah, something like that. yeah, he was. You know, I think he liked the movie, but as far as historical accuracy, he's one of those historical accuracy because he's a U.S. Western historian. Oh yeah, I had him in class, history oh, yeah. of the American West. Yeah, it's like he's like, well, this not quite, you know. I've been harassing that dude to come on the podcast. He's too too busy hanging out with his new wife. Yeah, I know. To uh, to come on, uh, but you have to give him a hard time if you see him. For oh, we always. Do. I, I've been trying to get him to come on. Man, I'd love to sit down with him. I, it was funny. Like I started liking Pearson a lot more after I got like after I was in grad school and I no longer had him in class and stuff. And after he had been a professor for a couple of years too. Oh man. yeah, because I mean that was his first job, if I'm not mistaken. No. I think did he come straight out of PhD school for the most part? And no, I think he has a lot of professors. What's hard is you wind up doing a lot of like one year replacements. You know, somebody leaves, somebody retires, all of a sudden they'll hire a one year mm-hmm. and give you and and then while you're there, they're hot, you know they're searching they're for a permanent replacement. Search, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think he bounced around like that a bit, like many people do. I think I was fortunate I didn't uh, as much, but I know like Rogers did. whatever but uh yeah i've gone to movies it's like i don't think it's usually too bad but that's the one i remember distinctly him like god 
you know, rolling his eyes and looking. Shoot, I need to sit him down here. We just need to do some entertainment unraveled podcast. <laughs> like, hey, uh, Pearson, I really just brought you here yeah. today to watch The Searchers with John Wayne. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like we, the um, Unforgiven. Yeah. 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 That's one I always liked because part of it is they demystify the Western. Like, there's all these characters who are these long term gunfighters who are saying, these great, you know, the stories are these are great things and stuff like that. But then, like, I think it was Gene Hackman's characters, like, um, the British dude is like, yeah, he shot the, he was so drunk, he shot this guy in the back, and it takes a lot of that, you know, it touches on that idea. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the romanticism, and I haven't seen Unforgiven forever. I have to rewatch that. That oh, was yeah. a bad movie the first here's time the, I saw it. Here's the thing: for like an hour and fifty minutes, it's like it destroys the romanticism. Yeah, but the last scene is like the what is the Ultimate Wild West romanticism. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up before yeah, you right get in on, trouble. Right on. No, I think I think we're good. I just need to let the dogs out before she gets home, and I think the groceries are on their way. She's at her sister's house, been texting me. But, dude, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'll get this uploaded real soon. As always, it's like your third time on the podcast, yeah. so I have to have you back on. We could have you and Pearson on at the same time. You need to tell yeah. that dude when you see him at work this week mm-hmm. that we talked about him. All right. Because I've, I've hit him up twice about coming on. And I, like, anytime I hit somebody up and they, like, it's more than me talking to him a couple of times, I'm just like, they know about it. If they see you come on, they let me know. But I would love to have that guy on. I, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed his class. And um, I, pre- like I said, uh, and maybe he'll hear this, I appreciate him now mm-hmm. more. Because it, it was a it was a beneficial class, and yeah. at the time I did not appreciate it like I should have. That I think that is the the professor's challenge curse, what you want to call it. You know, we five sh- years down the line, I'm like, man, that was a really good class. I just wish I would have. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with you know a twenty or twenty one year old, and you realize that you know there's other skills that we learned and stuff like that. You know. Why'd you make me write all those papers, Dr. House, Nick? Well, it's because you're going to get a job. If you're a lawyer, you're going to need to be able to write. Yeah. No, I'm big on writing, man. I wonder where I got all that from. Yeah, exactly. People like you. Yeah, I know. So, All right, dude. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks Signing for having off. me. Appreciate you guys listening.